Hey everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 195. Hooray! 195. Yay. Only one away from 3,000. No, wait, it doesn't work that way, does it? That's maths. Damn maths. It's 200 somewhere. Time zone. Yeah. (laughs) It's 200 somewhere in the world. No, again, I've got that wrong. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> hey, you're listening to Glitch Free Gaming. <laughs> My name is Mike. Uh, Kieran is with me today. Hi. And uh, we have uh, one of our special guests, Nathan's joining us today. Nathan, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for calling me special as well. I get that quite often. <laughs> <laughs> well, are we just going to set out to offend everyone? We may as well start oh. the way we said to finish, so... <laughs> We knew we were getting into when we let Nathan on the podcast. That's true, it's true. Uh, Paul is not here today. He is uh, got real life uh, things to take care of, so he will be back next week or next episode, I imagine. Yes, hopefully. But we have got uh, loads and loads of games because uh, we all bought plenty of uh, video games over the Christmas period and New Year and... As if we need a reason to buy video games, actually. Yeah, you see the over the Christmas period and it's February now. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I need a reason yeah, they... to stop. <laughs> the, the games we bought over the Christmas period, we've long forgotten about. That's true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we so we've got quite a few games to, to speak about. Um, so, Kieran, why don't you start us off and uh, regale us with Tales of Monster Hunter World? All oh, right, uh, Nathan can talk for this one as well because I've mainly been playing Monster Hunter World with him. Ah, um, right. Uh, yeah, so they made a new Monster Hunter game for consoles this time instead of handheld. So yes, PS4 and Xbox One, and it's really good. They made a lot of like quality of life improvements that Monster Hunter has needed for a long time. I'd argue, <laughs> um, like a lot of little things like you know, I guess we should probably explain what Monster Hunter is for people who don't know first but it's exactly what it says in the tin, you hunt giant monsters like you get yeah, a yes. variety of different weapons and you go out and track down monsters and hunt them, breaking off parts of their body to use to make better weapons and armour and then you can fight bigger monsters and it kind of loops around like that forever which is great. You, you uh, missed the main conceit there. Oh yeah you it's have time. a cat Wait, well, that... yeah, that you have a cat, but you're also you're you're hunting monsters in a world now. That's right, you're in a world now. <laughs> in, the previous, <laughs> in the previous Monster Hunter games, it's actually probably the best, my favorite change they've made, though. Is much we joke about it? Because um, in the previous Monster Hunter games, the areas like the you would go to a region to hunt a monster, yes. and that region would be split into like eight or nine different sections and going between those sections was a loading time and in particular when they put those games on like the PSP and stuff like that those were long ass loading times yes yeah <laughs> uh, there's no loading times now well I mean there's loading times but there's no loading times between regions now so you load into a level and it's just one big level <laughs> and it's it feels like the way that game should have probably always felt right uh, but it's a good change. It, it improves it quite a lot. Uh, like it's still split into regions on the map, so you can, you know, 
talk to people and be like, hey, the monster's heading towards you know region six and then no one knows where region six is so they wander off in different directions and then you know at least that's how it's been when we've played the one guy who has already finished the game and is super good at it is there killing another bigger monster (laughs) and we're like oh we have to go region six to fight this monster and we end up back at base camp somehow (laughs) to to put the to put into perspective this game's been out for less than two weeks now (laughs) Apparently all Nathan's friends. You put like a hundred hours into it. A <laughs> hundred hours. I, I was I was like flabbergasted when you told me. Um But I think yeah, like as Kieran was saying, there's a lot of there's been a lot of uh quality of life improvements. Uh like previously there was a system where you had to shoot the monster you were hunting with uh paintballs and if you didn't hit that monster with paintballs before they flee, well Good luck, buddy, because you'd be looking <laughs> around the map, hoping to see a glimpse of this rampaging beast. Yeah, that's Whereas... when you go on Google and look up where does this monster <laughs> run to, because otherwise you're kind of fucked. Yeah, pretty much, but at least now they've got a kind of... Um, it's like a tracking system where you use these kind of scout flies, so you look for the tracks of the monster, and it basically gets these... They're like fireflies, but it gets you onto their trail. Yeah. So wherever the monster goes, it kind of follows them. Like They're, they're basically bloodhounds. But, but yeah, it works really well. It it kind of takes out a lot of the frustration that I used to have with Monster Hunter and similar titles in that. I, I understand it takes some of the difficulty out of hunting them away, but it kind of focuses the game on what you actually want to do, and that's like plunge a really over-elaborate sword into a monster's head. Yes. Yeah. Or I've been using the bow and arrow, so I just keep firing arrows at things over and over. And it has like a quick combo that fires like a bunch of arrows twice and then fires a bigger arrow into the sky the third time that just starts raining rocks down on the enemy. And that's pretty good. It is pretty good, but this game also has knockback. So every time he does that, <laughs> it, blow, it blows me back. And uh, being the sadist I am, I've chosen the biggest and slowest weapon in the game. So right. I get approximately three hits in, in a round before <laughs> period. You're basically obliterated with arrows. We coordinated our team well. <laughs> I also only so, just realized playing last night that uh, there is another like combo system with the bow. where Because our thing is a bow and arrow, so you can do like you know, L2 to aim, R2 to fire arrows like you know every other game right. has a bow and arrow. Um, but it also has a combo system where if you time pressing R2 to fire your next arrow like right at the end of the previous arrow then you don't have to charge it to get a stronger hit. You just get the fully charged shot right away. So you can do oh, that okay. up to three times. I didn't know that so I'll probably actually use proper aiming from now on <laughs> rather than just firing nonsensically all the time. I think I switched. I think I switched weapons partly because of you, and partly because I was playing with with um, our friend a hundred hours, so I was barely getting any hits in. But I think I switched to the. Oh, there's so many weapons in this game. What? Oh, I switched to the insect glaive. So I switched to the second most difficult weapon <laughs> yeah. in the game. <laughs> yeah, insane. Which I, yeah, which I'm still trying to work out what I'm supposed to be doing with it because it seems like it's a spear like half of a spear and that's one upgrade path but then you have these insects that you need to upgrade with various uh various kinds of buffs and debuffs and i mean i'm having a lot of fun with it and it's basically turned the game from kind of slow methodical into a makeshift dynasty warriors 
but uh, I'm still getting to to hang with it. And I think that's a, another great great point about this game is that you've got about was it 13 to 14 different weapon types mm-hmm. with two variations of each, and it just feels like every one of those changes the way you play the game dr- dramatically. Yeah, definitely. I think the way that they introduce those weapons is maybe not ideal because all, <laughs> all they do is like you start the game and it's like oh you can pick a weapon now you might want to go into the training area and try one of them you load in there's like 13 choices of weapons and you're like uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, let me ask you i because i haven't looked done too much uh, diving into it because i want to pick up the game but i from one of the trailers it looks like there's mages in it or magical powers does that right or uh you might be you might be thinking of the weapon that i'm using um so it's a they call it the insect blade but what it is is um it has your typical kind of uh spear attacks where you kind of do overhead think kind of like um yeah, just like your Dynasty Warrior, almost staff attacks. But All right, if, okay. you, if you aim with it and you shoot out this little insect where if you hold L2 and press R2, it get, it shoots a insect that marks him and also leaves these cloud of flies that if someone else hits with their weapon, does, as I said, uh, like a debuff. Like, for example, right. if, you're, if your element is poison, it'll give them a little poison damage if it's fire. So, ah, right. That's where part of my confusion with the weapon right now is because at the moment I have, a, I believe I have a thunder, a thunder spear, but I've got it with poison element. So <laughs> it, you can get some really complex kind of uh, combinations going, but like uh, I'm just trying to see synergies at the moment. But yeah, you basically you can use it range, but it does barely any damage, but you can kind of use the fly to to create combos and also there's another mode where you can actually harvest buffs from the enemy using l2 and triangle right and i believe there's something else that you can use to combo into it it's hideously complex i'm i'm just whacking stuff and having fun to be honest that's fair enough <laughs> that's all you need. i'll update you in a month when i understand what the hell i'm doing <laughs> well really in a month when you've moved on to something else yeah, yeah. When you've completely not played any more of it, the same as the was it the Final Fantasy game that we were all going to play on the 3DS? Uh, that's because you guys flew like 30 levels ahead of me. Yeah, that that's kind of because we kind of all stopped playing it because I played a lot of it. That's the reason. That's my fault. <laughs> uh, I I finished that one. Uh, Actually, I don't yeah, know if you... anyone else. You finished it. I got right to the end and then didn't finish it because I started grinding for different armors and then never actually did the last mission. <laughs> I got to the three star missions. <laughs> so... <laughs> that, and that was you. I yeah, like that, that game. Everyone else was at the end. I was like, oh, okay, all my buddies are finished this. This is fucking <laughs> Guild Wars 2 all over again. Uh, Still yeah. in the trading area for that as well. <laughs> you should put that game on the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> fucking. Oh, that game. Oh, I heard it's good. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think I'll stick with Monster Hunter for a while because uh, the the marquee game that would have probably knocked it off his perch for me has been delayed to April, so it's okay. Right. Yeah. I think right. Kieran knows which one that is. Yakuza 6. You're damn right, man. Song of Life. 
That's right. Yeah, it's not the circle of life. That's life. I was really, no, it wasn't Song of Life. I was thinking, I was thinking Song of the South. And I was like, that's it's definitely not that. I, I would play Yakuza Song of the South with Uncle Remus <laughs> as a main character. Oh, Kira, mate, we're really Kira, you good. You're walking singing Zippity Doo. <laughs> By the end of this podcast, you're literally going to have to cut out or like bleep half of it. Just to keep the offense to a minimum. Uh, Let's move on to our game. Um, Yes, Meg, you've been playing Osar the Insult Simulator. That's not going to be anything offensive. No, not at all. (laughs) So, uh, does anyone know about this game? Yeah, or remember it anyway. Yeah, I've actually got it. Right, so it was originally a Game Jam entry when it first was was made, and then you know it's become a fully fledged game. So, uh, have you got which uh, version? Have you got Nathan? You got it on the Switch as well. Oh, it's on the Switch. Um, yes, I got it on the PS4. Ah, so uh, you could pick it up on the Switch for like uh, two pound thirty or something daft, and then it's you could pick up the sequel for. I think it was like three quid or something. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it's basically uh, it's like a fighting game, but instead of punching and kicking, you hurl insult, insults at people. Um, and it's... I thought I was enjoying it, and then I got to a certain point, so... Um, the way that it is set out is, you know, there's a little tutorial and it kind of teaches you about insults and uh, then you can go into either tournaments or there's like single matches that you can do as well. And the way that they fight the, I'm calling it fighting already, <laughs> <laughs> but the the way that the, the insults work is that uh, you've got, uh, it gives you a situation um so like uh, where you know where the argument's going to take place and then there's a little bit of a setup between two characters um it doesn't really mean anything so for example there's one of them it's set in an operating table and there's a, a liver in the middle of the table and the one says i need this liver and the other one says no i need it and you're arguing about who gets the liver and the winner of the uh, you know the insults uh gets the liver that's daft but I anyway hope that's how it does like i don't think I hope that's not how it works in actual hospitals. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, um, when it comes to the actual match, the fighting of it, the way that it works is there's a whole load of choices um, down the middle of the screen, and you, you pick one, and then your opponent picks one. So, for example, you can pick something like uh, your face, and then it goes across, and there's other choices, and there's things like it may be doesn't like or supports or there's another subject like your wife or you know things like that and you need to uh, you need to construct a, a viable sentence you know so you can't say your face your wife it does it's not an insult there's a logic um there's obviously something built into the program that that picks up that that is not a proper insult okay. and then you will get no points uh when you do, uh, when you build your insult, once you're ready, you kind of release it and let it go, and you get judged on it. You get um, a, a number score, and that score actually is damage towards your opponent. 
And uh, what you want to do is, you know, create insults with uh, high scores to uh, drain your opponent's health. You can do combos. So if you pick the same subject over and over again, you get multipliers. So, for example, if there's a choice of your wife on your first insult as the subject, then the next, you know, the very next one, if you use your wife again, it picks up, it picks it up and uses it as a multiplier, so you get double damage. If you can do it, you know, three times in a row, three times the damage, and so on and so forth. There is also each character has a little bit of a biography, and they are given. You know, they, they say, right, this, this character is very vain. So during the course of the fight, if you have a go at any of his looks, it does more damage because you, you've had a go at him. That's cool. So you, you get know, to actually target your insults at something that's relevant yes. to the character. Yes, yeah. Um, and that's fine. So And, and it can be quite funny. So I, I've got it loaded up at the moment. And the insult that I've come up with is, your face is not a part of Europe. Um, so <laughs> some of them, some of them are just like completely random. Yeah. Um, and the the opponents come back with your hat dances like your liver, because what's happening is you you build the insult from the limited choices that are on the screen. Um, you do have a. I forget what they call it, but there's basically your your left and right trigger buttons. Um, they allow you to bring up um, other insults. Sometimes it would be a subject matter, or it may be just a, you know a, a conjunction like an and or 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 is that you can add into the the sentence and build it up longer. Uh, so yeah, that's fine, and, and it, some of the invo- uh, the insults you can come up with are very bizarre, and some of them are really funny. But the game fell flat when it used. There was just one thing in it, and I thought, ah, it kind of turned me off with, and it was a uh, kids with bum cancer. And I thought, ah, you're, you know, you're heading down the the cards against humanity route. Yeah, like which... that is directly a cards against humanity card. Yes, yeah, um, and I thought, no, um, you, you're better than that. And it, it is the the guys that have made it were um, so some of the scenarios in the first game um, are they're they're lifted from Monty Python skits, and they you know there's um, Monty Python quotes in there, um, and there's some Blackadder stuff and like you know, but so I'm assuming it's British guys that made it. Um, yeah. And there's oh, a lot yeah. of British comedy quotes and and things in there that you know you can go right. These guys liked you know classic British comedy, and it's shone through when they've made the game. And yeah, but it, it's quite good though. Uh, for I think it was like I said, it was two pounds sixty or two pounds seventy or something. I've I think I've had my money's worth out. It's just been <laughs> it's not bad. I, Nathan, how did you get on with it? What did you think? Yeah, um, similar similar experience. Um, I never got any bum cancer. Oh, wait. That, that ah, right. Yeah. That's... But, um, <laughs> that, was, I'd, that sentence, as soon as that came out, I regretted it. Um, but I, I would say I, I totally agree with you that the insults 
even even when they're very lame um most of them are delivered with like the most pompous british accent which kind of yes a real non sequitur kind of weirdness to the whole affair and i'm if i'm not being crazy but i remember there being like one character who when he got upset or something like his shirt burst open with tentacles and was this I, I'm thinking of the right game, aren't I? Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, when they get upset, there's like a, a specific animation for each of the characters. It's, yeah, it's just, it was just a. I, I find I found that um, my my interest waned because it's kind of like one of those games that you want to go and play against someone, and I never managed to get an online match. Right. So it, but yeah, the the game itself was solid. Um, I, I might even pick it up to have a few games against you on the Switch. It's it's, it's a fun concept, and yeah, it definitely did the the Monty Python kind of influences shine through. It's just got a a really kind of bizarre kind of um, feel to it, and it's just like you get these really fancy looking people saying, "Your cousin lives in a car and smells like cheese." <laughs> yes. Yeah. I didn't realize it was voice acted. That seems like it adds a level oh, yes, of it. Yeah, but... yeah, everything's voice acted. That's what makes it so so ridiculous. That's it's like good. everyone sounds like British, like the British, like a British version of Microsoft Sam as well, which makes it a lot better. <laughs> like half Monty Python, half Microsoft Sam. So it's like the stilted delivery is clearly it's loaded up all the voice clips as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you look like you live in a cottage <laughs> <Just> like... <laughs> <laughs> so even when even when you think you like delivered like a really lame line you can still get a chuckle out of the delivery it's just it's yeah it's a pleasant game i'd, I'd recommend it especially for the price like you know yeah. it, as you said like one or two hours out of it and you've got your money's worth so yeah i not really follow it yeah so i i also picked up the the sequel which was is called also the hollywood roast and what it does is it takes the main characters and it makes them uh, like character actors from well Hollywood actors and characters from films, and it's not as good. Um, yeah. So the the insults are like um, instead of you know the subject being your wife, it's uh, the plot of your last film or uh, your agent, and it's not as good. Um, it's again you know for the price of it it's uh, £3 or or so Um, so if you enjoyed the first one yeah you know three. what's three quid these days you know it's not a lot of money for for a video game Um, so yeah it's yeah check it out or find videos on YouTube or something um, I think possibly with more international audiences, they might prefer the uh, the Hollywood one to the the original one, and maybe that's why they did it. I don't know. Yeah, I think that probably makes sense. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's more of the same. Well, kind of. You know, it's the same idea, uh, but the insults are not as good, um, and it's all about actors. Um, so yeah. But the the first one's good anyway. I might pick so, up. yeah, no, you should. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, de- it's it's definitely 
it's one of those games that like um even if you're having like a party night it's fun for kind of like yeah. it seems well it seems like it'd be fun for kind of like half an hour i would like kind of break up the momentum between like board games or something and yeah like the the rounds are quite short so yes yeah mm-hmm. oh, what i'll do is i will uh i will bring my switch with me um we are we're planning to get it together soon so i will bring yeah. my switch and we can uh, we can check that out as well. We're gonna play some board games. Yes, some board right games. Well, yeah, board some game. board game. <laughs> I'm not sure how long Rising Sun is. So, I I th- I believe the box says 90 minutes to 120. That's oh, actually man. not that much. That's no. So probably board I... games. Yes, oh. uh, Nathan, you've um, played well, games in that that length before, probably. No, I I thought you was gonna say ninety hours. I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Caught me off guard. <laughs> I was like, oh, am I gonna have to take a sleeping bag? Like, <laughs> but um... yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I'd like to get a shot of it, and I mean, it's only a couple of quid. I might just buy it. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, uh, Nathan, you have been playing all sorts as well you have played a game i'm quite uh, curious about which is dandara oh yeah dandara's uh short short review is fantastic yeah great i think it came out like only two two or three days ago so i haven't got crazily far into it but um straight off the bat uh for those that don't know, Dandara is essentially a Metroidvania-style game where you play as a kind of like a woken goddess called Dandara who's really powerful, but can't remember why. But in story purposes, she can't walk. So you, it's it's really weird. You jump from place to place. So the only controls you really have are, like, uh, I believe it's... You use the... Uh, Sorry, the analog stick to move about and you have a jump button and you have a charge shot and those are your controls. And so you can cling to certain surfaces to move around and uh, at, at first it was it reminded me kind of like probably my first half an hour of it, it reminded me of a another uh, game with a strange control scheme called Tumble Seed. But unlike Tumble Seed, it was a lot easier to get into the actual flow of things. And eventually you just start pinging around the locations. And it's a it's a fully featured Metroidvania. Like uh, you explore, you're basically going around and you know, like exploring the world. In, in terms of in terms of the story, I haven't got too far into it yet, but the the, the gameplay is quite good. Um you eventually fight enemies and you, you kinda have to be aware of, of where you're going to move to and you it's not like you can rapidly fire shots off, so you really have to kind of time time your attacks and kind of it's fast paced but you you kind of have to plan in advance where you're going to go and where you're going to land so it's 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 pretty pretty interested um i, I think like i'm probably gonna stick with it um so yeah i mean have you have you got any questions around it or no um it just it looked like a really cool metroidvania and um... And you've kind of just <laughs> kind of from that. that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm gonna pick up at some point. Um, have you reached any boss fights or anything in it? Because like I've looked, the only, all I've seen of this game is the screenshots that are on the eShop store, uh, the eShop yeah. store page for it. Um, 
and at least two of them, well, I guess probably just one of them, kind of looks like it's probably some kind of boss fight. I'd be interested to see how that works, if they manage to pull it off well with that kind of unique uh, movement style. Possibly, okay, yeah, well, it. well, thanks, Kieran. I'm going to have to admit something. I'm shit at the game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, so you're saying the controls metric... poorly is what I'm hearing you say. Uh, no, uh, the... <laughs> no it, it's, the controls are fine, but they are being controlled poorly by the operator. It's all user error. Um, yeah, so I haven't reached any any kind of like um boss fights yet but i've but i did the kind of i don't know if anybody else plays metrovanias like me but when i die i try and go in, in another direction yeah so basically every time i've died which has been quite a few times i've been going in different directions and just getting killed in various ways but it's it's more me getting activated to the game and um i've met a few characters and it seemed to activate little things like um like platforms that help you jump further and that also move about. So there's in in it seems like from what I've played so far that the upgrades are seem to happen to the world and not your character, which seems to be a quite original way to do it. Yeah, so it seems you it seems like you're you're unlocking and that might just be early game to be fair, but from what I've played so far, it seems you're unlocking things that affect the way you traverse rather than outwardly upgrading your character yeah um so probably some of the boss fights this is only speculation would maybe take those upgrades into account and as you go further into the game probably these boss fights get a lot more elaborate but uh, yeah I'll, hopefully i'll keep you updated as i as i struggle through that and struggle <laughs> being the key word it's, it's it's also it's also quite a beautiful game as well actually graphically um I know, I know a lot of people are kind of like derivative of pixel-based graphics, but there's really kind of nice um, pixel art in between. Like the the intro, for example, like the the art is very stylized, and it it has a nice everything has a nice kind of uh, a look to it. It's all very coherent, and when you're when you're bouncing through the world, there's little effects as you jump, and it, it just it just all comes together well. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, definitely when you you know when you get the time, pick it up and then uh, like mosey through and give tell me what you think, man. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I'd probably go pick that one up as well because it it seems really cool. But there's also just tons of indie games coming out on Switch, so it's like you know I picked up uh, Celeste, which is probably going to be my platformer of choice for now. But maybe when I finish that, I'll pick up. Right. Um, mm. Yeah. Should we just talk about Celeste, actually? Cause, yes, yeah. Yeah, so I picked up Celeste on the Switch, uh, which I believe you did as well, Nathan, and haven't yeah. played as much of it as I have. I, I, think I'm, I think I'm further than you. I think that's... I think that's... I, I think I am. We can have this debate offline. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe right. I thought you hadn't played as much. Um, yeah, I, well, well, it's played in a. I think I'm about halfway to two thirds through the game. All right, okay. Yeah. I'm in the hotel. I'm past the hotel. Oh yeah. my god, you are ahead of me. Yeah. Monster. <laughs> uh, we settled this. Well, Celeste is like a, a really good, in my opinion, uh, 2D platformer where you're climbing a mountain. Uh, and the main kind of gist of the game is like it's these kind of 
Super Meat Boy style, like really difficult platforming sections. Um, usually like one screen affairs where it's like, hey, here is, you know, one area to get through. Um, sometimes they're a little bit longer. Sometimes they branch off into a couple of little hidden areas that have some collectibles and things like that. And uh, you basically have a jump. You can grab onto any surface and climb up it, but you have a stamina meet. Well, you have stamina, stamina, but no meter for it, so you don't actually know. But your character starts sweating basically if she's been holding onto a wall for too long, and will eventually fall off. Uh, and then you have an air dash that turns your hair blue for some reason after you use it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, which then regenerates when you land on a surface again. Um, so basically, you can only use it once. You can't just chain air dashes. Except there'll be one of the first mechanics they introduce is like a gem that floats in the air, and if you dash through that, then you'll renew your air dash, and you can do another one. So you can end up doing multiple, and sometimes they'll chain multiple of those together. So you can just dash across all level, and it's really difficult. And yeah. Uh, I'm really liking it so far. I'm liking the way that they introduce more mechanics as you go through. Each area seems to have just a nice little twist on, you know, how it uses like the air dash and things like that. Um, but the one thing I don't really like about it is there's not much, no way of like story and stuff like that, and I don't think the setting's that interesting. Like so far, at least, it hasn't been. Um, I'm like I said, I'm currently in a hotel area that's fine it's not super yeah. exciting but it's not but it's that thing where it's, the setting doesn't I mean like if you think of Super Meat Boy a lot of the settings of Super Meat Boy weren't that interesting either it was yeah just... but in Super Meat Boy you're, you're normally out of a out of a world if you're good enough in about half an hour yeah. whereas <laughs> I, I feel I feel like the that I, I agree with you on that I feel like that hotel that hotel level although it the further you go in it it kind of like um it does quite a lot of story stuff in the further you get into that level, but mm-hmm. it it kind of, it it's the one area that I felt just went on a bit too long. And yeah. although a lot of story stuff happens there, it doesn't really progress things as much as you'd like it to. But the the next level, which I don't really want to get into because you haven't played, is <laughs> is quite quite nice looking. Um, and man, is it hard! Oh. I mean, I I didn't struggle with the hotel, but man. <laughs> <laughs> the next level is fun. Yeah. Wait, no, wait, hard. I'm <laughs> so... to that then. I've actually not found the hotel that difficult. I found the area like right before the hotel slightly more difficult. But I think it's because I'm still just getting used to the controls. Um, which I my... think it controls really well. To be fair. Oh yeah, it controls fantastically. Um, my my concern is that I I have to get the strawberries. <laughs> the I strawberries have to... don't do anything. I know. I'm the same. <laughs> I've been trying to get so there's collectibles in this game. There's three collectibles, I think. Yeah. Uh, there's strawberries, which don't do anything, but there's usually, like most screens will have a strawberry in them. Not all of them, but like a lot of them have a strawberry in them, and they'll be positioned in a way that you have to go out of your way to get them and do some really difficult platforming. Sometimes, like there's some strawberries that have wings, and they will yeah. fly away if you dash on that screen. So you have to get through like what would otherwise be maybe one of the not quite as difficult but still difficult platforming levels without using your dash, which makes them super difficult. Um, but then there's other collectibles as well. There's um, cassette tapes, which unlock B-sides, which yeah. are 
apparently super difficult levels. I've not actually found any of those. Um, I've found two. It's very similar to getting the um, bandages in Super Meat Boy. Not yeah. not to be reductive, but um, anyway, yeah, it's like simple. But yeah, yeah. As I yeah, I agreed with that. It's um, it it reminds me of Super Meat Boy, and and I didn't realize because I, you know, I buy every indie game on the Switch because I'm an <laughs> idiot. But um, I went, I didn't, go, I went into it um, thinking it was well, it is like Super Meat Boy, but I didn't expect the story. The, the kind of story elements in it and they kind of irritated me at first but as as um as it's gone on it's got a bit more endearing and i'm actually kind of curious to see what happens with the characters so that's good to, yeah to give to give a bit of explanation as to what the game's about um it's about a girl called madeline who who seems to be climbing well she's basically come to a mountain and she wants to climb it um and each level in the game seems to be a layer of the mountain and as as she goes up she just seems to be fighting her inner demons which is not normally if kieran could tell you and as you could probably tell from my demeanor some of the things i say it's not normally the kind of story that i've thought would grab me and I, like i'm i'm actually finding it very interesting and uh i'm actually might progress through to the end of this game that could be promising to finish games Let's see what happens <laughs> next time. you'll never do it <laughs> but I, I think it's I, I think it's kind of nice because I was um as I said I buy every game every indie game going on the Switch so I got the end is nigh and I mm. think it that deals with very similar themes but in a completely different way whereas um, the end is nigh which is made by it's Edward McMillan isn't it the same guy who did Super Meat Boy yeah. and Isaac yeah it it deals with um, both of them deal with things like anxiety but in very different ways like. Celeste is kind of about fighting, you know, fighting your your inner fears and and kind of you know empowering you. Whereas the end is now is a very similar type of platform game, but it is about crushing you, making you feel stress and anxiety. <laughs> so it's really weird to like I'm playing kind of both of them alongside each other, and it's really weird to kind of go from one and well, it's not weird. It's interesting to see how um, you know two similar style games. Well, both being, you know, uber difficult, super Meat Boy style platformers handle similar themes, but in completely different ways. And I think that's probably part of the reason why I'm enjoying Celeste more is because it's like I'm getting crushed. I'm getting crushed and hurt by uh, the Ender's Night. And I'm, go <laughs> I'm going into Celeste and it's like cathartic in... You know, it's like it's like, oh, okay, this is insurmountable, but I could do it. Whereas when you're playing through the end of the night, it's just like you're going to fail. This is this is what's going to happen. You are you are a failure. You're going to fail. And Celeste is like, even with these strawberries, it says these these do nothing. But this is just for boasting to your friends. But I feel accomplished when I when I collect one. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think it's I think it's very like both of these games are very interesting. And, and yeah, like I probably wouldn't have picked up Celeste if you hadn't kept on going about it. So thanks for the recommendation. <laughs> <that> one, <man. laughs> yeah, yeah, I've enjoyed it so far. I need to play more of it. Like I said, I've been in the hotel area for a couple of days now, just because I've not been playing a lot of it. Um, but yeah, I'm really liking it. Um, Mike, you've been playing some Golf Story on your Switch? I have, yes! How are so, you liking that one? I, very much. So Golf Story was one of those when it first came out. I think both you and I bought it as soon as it came out, and then proceeded not to play it. 
Uh, I played a bit of it, but I didn't really like it very much. I I came oh, around. Really? I came around on it recently. It was just uh-huh. I don't know. I was just one of those things where it was like time and place. I was like, eh, not really. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't click with me just now. <laughs> yeah, I kind of started it, and I thought the so you you see the the opening story in it. You know, um, I'm going to be the greatest golfer ever, and it felt. I thought, oh, it's going to be a bit Stardew Valley and. That was just kind of the vibe that I got yeah. from it. I don't know why, but it's no, just... No, it definitely sets itself up to be like a humorous Stardew Valley and then doesn't really do that stuff. It's, yes. It, it has yeah. the humor, but it's not... Yeah. No, it doesn't have the community element to it. Mm. No. Um, so you have this... You know, you, you go from uh, golf course to golf course and you are doing these mini-games... Um, and once you, you know, you're doing enough of them to be able to end up play the, playing the courses and become, there's various things that you want to do in some of them. You want to become the, the champion of the golf course and play in the tournament so you can move on to the next, you know, the next course and, yeah. uh, fight for the honor. It's a, a bit of a weird story. Yeah, it's good. Cool. I, I quite like. I didn't start, but I quite like it since humor. Like came around on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the thing you so I feel I, it's worth mentioning though, is that you go to all these different golf courses, do mini games, but all the mini games are golf. Yeah. Like they're they're all yes, golf. Yeah. Everything is golf. <laughs> it's like, oh, we really need you to help put all these turtles back in the petting pond so that people can pet turtles. And it's like, all right, I'll do that. How do I do that? It's like, I'll oh, just hit them with your golf club. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> and it's just golf, but you're hitting turtles into a pond. Yes. <laughs> See, um, I fell off it for the same reason you seem to, you guys seem to like it. I, it's really stupid for me to say that in a game called Golf Story, I feel there's too much golf. <laughs> it does. I can understand that. <laughs> there's a lot of golf. There's a lot of golf. Um, I kind of wish there was more story, but... <laughs> You saying the golf story balance is not good enough? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's like a definite eighty twenty on the golf story. <laughs> like, yeah, I it's some of the the mini games that you have to do that really I find difficult. So there's a couple of them where it wants you to play golf, but you have to you know you have to chip in or you have to hit. In, into the deep rough with every single shot mm-hmm. and it's like no I'm no I'm not going to do that that's mm-hmm. just not happening uh, <laughs> it's uh, but yeah the humour in some of it is quite good as well so there's uh, one of the characters on the area that I'm at now it's the second golf course and it's kind of like caveman themed mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you need to you need to have a race around this little uh, links course they call it the mini links is seven holes and you need to run to each of the tea, teeing areas in order and then go back to where you started and the first time you do it you probably because you don't know the layout of where the tees are you're not going to do it in time so you come back and um the character says uh, yeah you're not fit enough you eat too many pies is it too many pies and chips or something? And it's <laughs> it is it's silly humor. Uh, I've so I yeah I have not spent too much time with it. I'm on like I said I'm on the second 
the second island or the second mm. golf course. Uh, but it's pleasant enough. I played it on, we went down to um, the in-laws, I sort of travelled down to Manchester and playing it on the train. And it, before I knew it, that was, you know, the the two and a half or three hour journey to Manchester where that was it, it was done. Yeah. Which which was quite good. I actually played that yeah. bunch over Christmas for the same reason. Like, went to the in-laws and played a bunch of it there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm only slightly ahead, so I'm on the third golf course. And I will say that they start ramping up the story stuff a bit more after the second golf course. Right. Um, so, like, you go... They start coming up with better story reasons for going to each of the golf courses or, or at least right. they, have for this, uh, they have for the third one um, but because you know the very first one is like hey you're at this golf course because this is where you used to golf when you were young the second one like the caveman one it's like hey you go to this one so that we can you know you can play golf there and learn their course and then the third one is well these birds keep attacking us and there's, there's a bunch of animals are going nuts and stealing our golf balls and our grass just keeps growing crazy non-stop <laughs> and we can't cut our grass to make our golf course usable that golf course seems all right though although they have lots of birds as well so maybe go over and look at them and you go over and there's birds flying around stealing <laughs> golf balls everywhere and you're like what the fuck um yeah it's the humor in that third area in particular is really good so you know like there's a guy that's got a stall selling golf balls and you know why characters is just like so everyone's golf balls are getting stolen by bards and you're just selling a bunch of golf balls here at this table so we can't suspect that you're uh stealing golf balls from these bards or with these bards and the guy's like no definitely not and you go up and look at them and they're just a bunch of bard eggs and they're like oh no wait <laughs> this is way worse than we thought what are you doing <laughs> um yeah so i i quite like the sense of humor of it um it's you know it took a while to grow on me but it has but again i I do agree with nathan's complaint even though you know i've kind of come around on it again uh there's a lot of golf in that game (laughs) all like it's filled with so many mini games and all the mini games are just here's golf um like if you want to progress if you want to find secret areas play some golf (laughs) to be fair i think i'd I'd I think I was um, still on the first the first course where it's like I'm trying to get some coach to teach me. Yeah, yeah. That's yes. He, yeah, he just seems to really hate me. Although it seems the character's a bit of a dick, so yeah. <laughs> it's understandable. <laughs> yeah, because your main character's whole thing is like it starts with what was it? He's like his wife breaking up with him or something like that, his girlfriend breaking up with him because he's decided he wants to just leave home and become the best golf player. And he's like, okay, great. <laughs> That's a really dumb thing to do. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, it's, it's a fun game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I bought it. And I think uh, it's constantly uh, the kind of rotating it within the sales and things that they do so you can pick it up for a little bit cheaper but i don't think it was too expensive anyway was it no it quid? wasn't too much yeah yeah so but yeah that's uh quite good um 
I'm just looking at the list here. We have a big list of games <laughs> for this podcast. We, we do, yes. Uh, and Nathan has got here Horizon and in brackets, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> so it was... <laughs> it was it was your game of the year videos um, yeah that basically I, I can't remember if it was you or Paul that had it on there uh, it was me it was you yeah and I was just looking I was like man Horizon's a really good looking game but <laughs> so so to give you to give you some backstory of this um, I not only buy every game on the Switch I also buy every game on the PS4 because I've got more money than since it seems. You also kind of started buying every game on the Xbox since you got Xbox One X. That's true. That was probably going to come up later in the podcast somehow. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> most of my disposable income goes on video games. Um, I don't complete many of these video games because I keep buying more video games. Now, Horizon came out. I think it was just before Near Automata. Yeah, it was around then. Was it just? It was yeah, it was about around the same time as Yakuza Zero. Yeah, the start, the first half of, I think the first half, the first like four or five months of last year was, you know, Yakuza Zero, Horizon, Zelda, and you know, yeah, all the big games, Gravity Rush Two, you know, all the big hitters. <laughs> <laughs> the, heavy, yeah, the heavy hit is like Gravity Rush Two, nah, which funny enough I did nah, actually complete, although nah, I didn't really Gravity like. Rush 2. Yeah, well, I, I completed it. It's one of the only <laughs> one of the only games of last year I actually completed. I was like, that game was okay. Why, why did I why did I just spend thirty hours completing this? What what? Um, so Horizon, unfortunately, was one of like, see, if I had a game of the year uh, list on here, I'd be very controversial because I didn't really get on well with Zelda. I didn't really get on well with Mario. I didn't really get on well with Horizon, um, and not because. <laughs> Not because they're they're bad games, they're fantastic games. It's just that I had so many massive games at the same time. I was just like, I, I, I can't. So, I loaded up Horizon um, rather foolishly when I had played it. I had it on hard mode. So I don't know if you've played Horizon on hard mode. Um, I, I'm not too sure. I think I played it on normal. Yeah, I just played I, it normal. You, you would know if you had it on hard mode because everything kills you in two to three hits. It's, ah, it's, right, okay. It's literally like you watch... It's like you're... It's hilarious because you got like... um I'm, I think I'm still quite near the beginning of the game. I think I just went to the first major city. Was it Meridian? Is it Meridian or something yeah, like that? The, it's kind of the only major city, but yes. Oh, is it? That's, that's <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. That, that game... It was the thing that made me get back into that game, weirdly enough, was... Um, realizing that it's not as big an open world game as I thought it was originally, and being like, "Oh wait, no, I can totally finish this. This is totally doable." <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of encouragement I need. I might try again. <laughs> but so I came back and I—I was playing on hard mode and trying to come back to Horizon like nearly a year after you last played it on hard mode in a random field where I'm getting torn to shreds by like a giant guy. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I, I did it for a couple of hours. I went to pick up some flowers. I was like, I'm done. I'm going to have to start this game again. I really don't want to start this game again right now. But Can you not change the difficulty like on the fly? Probably, but um, I'm too proud. <laughs> I would I would rather start again on hard and play through like an idiot than, than let this game defeat me by turning it down to normal. Although now I've said that out loud, I feel like turning it down to normal would be the more logical thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
you might get an update from me on this. I'm gonna have to list all these things down, but no, it, it is a very, it is a very fun game. But for me, it's it was very frustrating, and I've kind of um, been out of funk with it because I rather foolishly bought every major game that came out, and then the ones that I, you know, that caught my attention, I completed like uh, Persona Five and stuff. And by the time it came back to Horizon, I was like, "Well, all right, I'll play." Oh no, actually, it's November, and the next wave will come out. So I then I forgot Persona Five was even a game until right now, and I really need to go back and finish that. I completed Persona Five. This is so. This this is what I mean. Like all the major great games of last of last year are the ones I didn't complete. I well, I, no, I did complete Zelda. When I say I didn't complete, I haven't done. I've got the expansion pass, but I've done none of it. Um, Mario Odyssey didn't complete it. I'm still at New Donk City, and I'm I'm in a similar place to Horizon. I just can't get into it. I've I've, I've left all these I've left all these things for too long. So <laughs> that's why I was looking. I was, I was like, your your game of the year list. They kind of spurred me into it. I'm just like, oh man, I have totally missed the waves on these games, and I'm just like willing myself to play. But nah, um, yeah. But back to back to Horizon. I think like I think it's like I don't think it's a bad game. I think it's I think it's a great game. I just think I've I totally, I totally missed it, and it's gonna like I, it's really bad actually saying it because it just it just reminds it's just telling me that I'm I'm part of the hype wave. Now the <laughs> hype on it's now like died down. And I'm just like oh, I don't want this old stuff of like a year ago. <laughs> this <laughs> ancient game, yeah, yeah. This retro oh. shit. Yeah, this retro grandpa game that Mike likes. What the hell, man? Like, <laughs> this is like over twelve months old, man. Like, but. I, I, I really do want to get back into it, so I'll probably give it a go through. But yeah, it it plays well. I think it just it came out like it. It's definitely like an eight to nine out of ten game, and it came out with so many other good games that I'm just like, yes, this is this is average compared to what I was playing. Yeah, and that, that's a that's a weird a weird thing to be saying, but yeah, no, um, there's no one here. I, <laughs> I think um, we we felt the same about. Um shadow of war when it came out there's nothing wrong with that game and we spoke about it at the, on the game of the year podcast well there's a lot there's, of boxes but yeah this <laughs> yeah th- th- you know it is it, it, it's not that different from the first one and you could argue that's a problem but it's a well put together game it looks very well Looks very well. I speak English good, me. It looks very good. It's, it, it is it's looking very well. It's not been sick in a while. It's very healthy. <laughs> it, it it looks very good. It plays well, but it was just in comparison to everything else that was out around it at that time. It was like this is no. Nope. It just feels out of date. Yeah. I, I, not to not to discredit. Um... Shadow of Mordor at either, but it, it came out at a time where it was kind of the game to have because it wasn't any like I don't remember when it came out, um, anything else being massive on the uh, like it, it came out on in October, I think, October, November, yeah. But it was a year that there just wasn't like uh, the original uh, Shadow of Mordor, there was a it was a year that there wasn't a lot of other stuff. Because it was, yes, it was kind of, right, it, was, yeah. it was probably like what the first full year after both had come out. Yeah, like, I was like, we went through that. I was like, coming up to the first holiday season, so, and 
everyone was just expected it to but I, everyone was expected it to just be a bit duff because it's like oh this is a lot you know this is a what would you call what's that thing everyone likes lord lord of the rings that that's thing it. you know that, that major Mordor. thing that's it Shadow, it's a, a lord of the rings based game with a with the arkham system and people were like what the hell is this yeah like, there was like head scratching all around so people were curious i remember like the previews of that thing people being like oh, i don't know about this game and then it came out and everyone was like this is good whereas yeah. uh, you know the second one it's it seems like more of the same and again it's another game that sitting on sitting on a backlog unplayed um because an another another great open world game came out and eclipsed it for me which was uh assassin creed origins yeah which i didn't expect to enjoy so much as well so yeah, i kind of I feel like two games at the exact same pretty much the exact same time and just didn't play shadow of war yeah i, I i'm guilty of the same thing i kind of just feel like um yeah, Horizon Horizon's a similar similar thing for me because, like, as I said, Nier Automata, Yakuza Zero. Like, I'm a uh-huh. I'm a Yakuza stand. So, any any time a Yakuza game, any game I'm playing gets put on the back burner. I I need my I need my hardcore Japanese crime testosterone soap opera. I'm so <laughs> glad you went with crime testosterone soap opera because hardcore Japanese could have went in so many other places <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> I had to pause there to send <laughs> But no, I, I, like I, I do think, I do think it is genuinely a good game, and like um, many people have been willing me to play it, and I just haven't been given it the respect it deserves. Apologies. <laughs> Sorry, Horizon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But uh, a game that has been getting a lot of praise and probably is going to get a lot more from I, the peer of you, I imagine, is uh, the new Dragon Ball fighting. Uh, is it Dragon Ball Fighters? Yeah. With a, with a Nam- Z. Namco Bandai clarified on their Twitter, their official Twitter feed, that they just pronounce it <laughs> Dragon Ball Fighters, even though the Z is capitalized. So it should definitely be Dragon Ball Fighter Z or Z yes. or whatever. But it's like no, this is. It's fighters. <laughs> uh, I really like that game. Game's uh, terrible. <laughs> Nathan hates it because I beat him. So that's <laughs> <laughs> <Nah>, great. <laughs> um, yeah, so like they made so it's made by Arc System Works, the guys that made Guilty Gear, Blaze Blue, a bunch of other Dragon Ball games actually. All like uh, I think they made a DS one and I think a couple of Game Boy Advance ones. Right. Um, but it's using the same tech as Guilty Gear, so it's got that kind of, you know, everything's 3D models, but it's cell shaded in a way, and they have these crazy models, basically, because they've done behind-the-scenes videos where they break down how they make it work. Um, but it looks 2D until it doesn't, basically. It looks 2D while everything's going on, and then you'll get certain attacks where the camera will pan round, and it's like, oh shit, that's really cool. Uh, but it's also Dragon Ball and way faster than Guilty Gear and plays more closer to something like Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's got a lot of things different from even even that. That's just kind of the closest thing I would say it plays to. Um, but it, it's also... So they do a lot of things with 
make it really easy to get into as well. Like as someone who is not very good at fighting games, as Nathan can attest to, because I play most fighting games with Nathan and he beats the shit out of me in all of them. Um That's why this game is trash. That's why this game's trash. <laughs> like the only game uh, the only match I've won against Nathan in Tekken Seven was because of lag. Like I'm not gonna pretend it was entirely because of lag. <laughs> um but yeah, Dragon Ball Fighters is uh, so it's a tag game. You choose three Dragon Ball characters, and you have these three v three fights where you can tag characters in during the fights and call them in for assists and do big, crazy, flashy energy attacks and things like that. And as someone who's already like a big Dragon Ball fan and a big Arc System Works kind of fighting game fan, you know, like I said, I'm terrible at fighting games, so you know arc make things like guilty gear which is one of the most complicated fighting games around but i really like it <laughs> yeah. even though i can't play it um it's nice to see them make something that's a bit easier to get into and also uses one of my favorite licenses uh-huh. uh and it's also it's weird it's got tons of content in it as well like it's got a really massive story mode which is maybe not the best part of the game but it's there which is good where it's got a bunch of cutscenes all made in, you know, the same style. Where it's got all this these really detailed cell shaded models talking to each other, um, and actual battles in it, which feels like something you shouldn't have to point out that there is, you know, gameplay in a story mode in a game. But it's Arc System Works, so you kind of yeah do. Because um, <laughs> I think neither of I don't think any of the Guilty Gears had any actual gameplay in their story modes. Uh, they they had they both had a story mode, but yes, it was, and it was, it was just, just pure story. There it was, was just no a visual game. novel, basically. It, yes, it literally said, "Do not touch this until you've completed arcade mode with every other character, because you're not gonna <laughs> know what's going on." Uh, and I did that, and I didn't know what was going on. So, <laughs> even when you do know what's going on in Guilty Gear, it still makes like little to no sense. So I, yeah, I, I refuse one like of those games. Blue, it's... Oh yeah. I definitely i reviewed one of those games and i was like uh there's a story mode <laughs> there's a gu- there's a guy called soul bad guy and he's one of the original gears but now rambler falls come and <laughs> rambler the- has declared war with the world that's in, that's in the intro cut scene <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's not even in the story mode um but I th- yeah I, I think with dragon ball I was about to say Dragon Ball Z Fire, but no, Dragon Ball Fighters. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of little attention to details, which, although although my gameplay experience hasn't been great because uh, Kieran gave me a baptism by fire, I'm still salty about. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, now I played a bit of the story mode as well, and um, it's it's just it's little things like uh, I don't know if you noticed, Kieran, but in the cutscenes, for example, um, everything everything like runs at like 15 frames per second kind of like almost well like a very low frame rate to kind of give the animation the actual feel of you know the the kind of low quality anime frames yeah so i don't know if those but then when you go to the when you go to the actual battles it's like uh, it's a perfect 60 frames per second um even you know like it's got the japanese dub which i'm not a fan of um (laughs) And it's got the it's got the English dub, and the English dub is fully is fully voiced as well. Yeah. Um, 
It's just it's 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 just like it's one of the the best fighting game developers, and you can clearly see that they put a lot of time and effort into, you know, into into this game with mm-hmm. with this license. So a lot of the time with Dragon Ball Z games is like, well, you're more of a fan than me, but sometimes those games really rely on the fandom rather yeah, than the actual quality of the game. Like, um, right, like the Xenoverse games, in particular the first Xenoverse, like. They they made Dragon Ball Xenoverse two pretty much just so they could go. By the way, we made it play better because we kind of fucked up with the first one, but you know those games rely entirely on fan service. You know, um, but yeah, this one is definitely like, hey, they made a really good fighting game first, and also it happens to be the Dragon Ball license. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's a Dragon Ball Z game with you know a fighting game with less than 300 characters on the <laughs> on the roster but when when you're playing it you don't actually mind that much because every character is kind of you know well fleshed out and plays completely differently um you know whereas in the older the kind of like you know your budokai tenkaichi and your burst limit every everyone kind of like shared although they do in this game as well they share like base attacks like your keep your kai blast and stuff like that every character feels like their own personality whereas even in the Xenoverse games which I enjoyed it kind of felt like you were playing a default template that had the different kind of animations for their yeah. moves but they all did the same kind of damage and yeah, stuff it, like that. It kind of felt like hey you're playing a fast character, a medium character or a, hard, or a heavy character and that was kind of it. They changed animations yeah. depending on how they looked so you know Goku kicks more but he, he plays the same as anyone else. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Dragon Ball Fighters, yeah, like they all have the same base combos, but everyone feels very different. Um, and I think actually the way they handle special moves is really good because it's there's not a lot of them, uh, which is good for getting people into it and kind of forcing you to just learn the kind of basic mechanics of fighting games, which I'm not very good at. Um, because they're very much just like, hey, by the way, you don't have a bunch of special moves. You have like three, well, bit more than three, like four or five. And it's like that's there you go. It's all quarter circles. It's all fireballs. Um, except for Hit, who can like counter stuff. <laughs> Ooh, Hit! Oh, Hit's so good. I'm, I'm still sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hit, hit is the reason that I, I saw two of my characters just get KO'd. I was just like, "What is, what is happening?" It was like an old man moment for me. I was just like, "It's <laughs> because Hit can like literally just teleport around the entire place or punch you without moving from the other side of the screen." He's very good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the thing that, like you said, the the roster's not massive. Uh, but they do. I think they they picked largely kind of some of the best characters to use, like most of the iconic ones. It's a bit weird that we. I say it's a bit weird. It's a Dragon Ball game, so you have to. You know, there are multiple Goku's. There are multiple Vegeta's. There's three Goku's. I guess one of them's Goku Black, who's technically like a villain. But you know, there's spoilers. spoilers he's a villain. He's he's Black Goku. He, he is pink. He is pink here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> his Super Saiyan is Super Saiyan Rosie. He speaks with a slightly more English accent. Is that's the first time I've ever heard hit. So the, you were talking about the dub stuff earlier. So 
the game defaults to the Japanese voices and you can turn the English voices on and I kind of assumed that the English voices would just be for like in gameplay stuff and menu stuff but actually the entire story mode is all got English dub over it as well with all like the original cast um, well say the original cast is like the Dragon Ball Kai cast which is like the redo um, but the weird thing for me is that you know obviously I grew up watching Dragon Ball Z with that cast and I recently I've been watching Dragon Ball Super with the Japanese voices and so I had to spend like a few matches playing this game switching between the two to be like I don't know which one I want like it's, <laughs> it's, a weird, it's just this weird thing of you know, I have the nostalgia for the English voices, and this is probably like the best they've been. But also, I've been the Japanese ones feel a bit more normal now, just because I've been listening to those a lot recently. And in particular, yeah. for characters from Dragon Ball Super, like Goku Black and Hit, who I've never heard the English voices for before this game <laughs> because I've never watched it in English. I don't think the English dub has even reached Goku Black yet. So, yeah, it's strange. Um, yeah, Dragon Ball's. Dragon Ball Z is one of the few anime that I actually prefer the English dub, but I'd like you have watched most of it in in Japanese. Yeah. Um, but it's like it, it's weird. So have, I haven't watched any of Super, but going across both of them, I'm just like I like and dislike each version for different reasons. <laughs> like I think Japanese Goku is one of the worst. It's most so in- bad. <laughs> Yeah, it's like really high pitched bratty kind of like really high pitched guy like ah always screaming and it's just like one of the most irritating things to watch. Whereas I think um Japanese Vegeta's voice is fantastic. He just comes off as a bratty prince. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the in in the English dub he's like your typical gruff Kakurat. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I almost wish there was a way to kind of like mix and match voices, but that's just because I'm a heretic. But... Yeah, you want like the Street Fighter <laughs> thing where you can turn on and off English and Japanese voices per character. Yeah, like almost like tech and everyone's just speaking in native languages. And like, <laughs> yes. oh, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going to play more of that game. I'm enjoying it. I'm playing it with a controller. I've not actually even tried using it with a fight stick. Alright, okay. Um... I don't know about you, Nathan. Were you using the controller? Oh, mate, it was midnight. There was no way I was pulling that. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, well play, I'll probably, I'll probably like again. The, the reason I've like not played too much of this game has been a uh, Monster Hunter World. I've been, I was trapped into grinding for the Horizon gear. They gave us a really tight time limit on that. Yeah, that's so dumb. I'm not going to get that stuff. Like I've not. Yeah. Yeah, I think that literally ends today. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's a midnight thing or whether it's like, I, I don't know how they do it. They have like login bonuses that just seem to come at random times. Like you logged in, I was like, I've been playing for the last three hours. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, but, yeah. People don't know like, Monster Hunter World has console exclusive stuff on PS4 where you can unlock some Horizon Zero Dawn armor and a weapon. Oh yeah. right, okay. and armor for your cat. Yeah. That dresses him up like a watcher, which is kind of cool looking. Oh, cool. Um, but it expires today. If you don't do the missions to do it today, then you don't get it. But all the missions are also Hunter Rank 6, so you need to have played a lot of that game to be able to do the missions. Right. So I've, I'm only Hunter Rank 4 just now, so I'm not going so to do that. Are they going to bring them back, or do you said. think they'll... Ah, I hope they'll bring them back. 
It's yeah. Capcom, man. They'll, they'll probably bring them back, but like... like You'll you need can... to pay for them or something. Yeah, they'll bring them back right. on the PSN store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can get it for the cheap price of nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. All funds go to hey, the Capcom <laughs> Yeah, pretty, pretty much. I mean, that's that's actually part of the reason I, like, I, I was playing um horizon i was like oh man this palico gear looks great horizon's a great looking game oh man mike and or paul mentioned how great horizon was on the game of the year videos i should play horizon two hours later <laughs> oh man i need to start horizon again <laughs> yeah. i've ruined this game but yeah um but like dragon ball dragon ball fighters um it's, it's yeah it's, it's like it's fantastic um it's it's funny actually because uh, Street Fighter, uh, what's Street Fighter World Five? That's not a good sign. So I was gonna say, <laughs> I've been I've been ignoring it because I have the well the the arcade edition came out a few weeks ago. I can't even remember the number, which shows you how much I played it. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of weird that like I've that was there, like a nineties, well nineties kid. So I, I grew up on Street Fighter and. If you told me that I'd be playing a uh, Dragon Ball Z licensed game over a Street Fighter game like 10 years ago, I'd have told you you're a madman. See, but I grew up time... on Marvel vs. Yeah. Capcom, and if you told me that Marvel vs. Capcom would you know, have one really popular game and then a new one would come out that wasn't super popular and then there'd be no Marvel vs. Capcom at EVO for a year because Dragon Ball kicked out, I wouldn't yeah. believe you either. <laughs> what? Uh, what? That is insane. <laughs> Uh, it's it's yeah it's really weird that that's so basically at Evo this year jumping into some news quickly but basically at Evo this year um uh Dragon Ball's fighters Dragon Ball fighters has been included as a main tournament game as well as Blaze Blue Cross Tag which I don't actually think is out yet. No, that's a really controversial one because it doesn't come out until like a month before Evo, so. And I'm pretty sure that's quite close to I, I don't know if it's king of fighter style or mvc style but it is another tag game yeah. so it's kind of weird to see marvel versus capcom infinite which was there last year just get ousted so quickly i think three was there last year infinite wasn't oh so yeah sorry yeah because yeah. infinite three. came out at the end of last year so it means that infinite has only been out it's been out for under a year and it's not going to be his first evil although I, I can't say i'm surprised um yeah i keep seeing it on special and i think the moment you can pick up the game for about 20 pounds or so and i'm i pick it up and i go "Uh, i don't know whether it's worth 20 quid (laughs) yeah i i might wait because i think it will come down i I keep seeing it on um offered by a steam key for like four pound fifty and i'm like if it was yeah. three pounds i might bite but i'm just like <laughs> no amount of gpu is going to make that game look good though <laughs> that that is very true and, it, and also like oh yeah i'll get it for three pounds i'm going to play it on steam against who all my friends play it on ps4 yeah. yeah i i was reading i think it was the article say you know telling you about it not being evil and stuff and you have to have a little bit of a chuckle because they said that, you know, whoever wrote the article said that the game is a bit of a flop because it sold a million copies and they were expecting it to sell two million and you go, <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah. 
I think it's yeah, really it's... relatively popular, but yes, but its performance and yeah, it just didn't do as well as everyone expected, and people bought it, and it just didn't deliver as well. I think. Yeah. I couldn't. Uh, there's just no like most of it. It's destroying me to even try and say this, but <laughs> most of my favorite characters weren't even in the lineup, and that was like the first kind of. Black Panther know, like, was DLC. Was, was he? Yeah. Black Panther was DLC, and, like, admittedly, they couldn't have told because it was, you know, months ago, but that Black Panther movie that is coming out has. is breaking records for the amount of people that have pre ordered tickets for it. Like, people are excited for that character, and they're like, oh, we can sell that as DLC then. And it's like, no! Put him in the game. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Oh. Oh no! So is that just recently announced, or is that been no? A while? It was announced at launch. He may have actually that DLC may actually already be out as well. Um, like he was one of the first characters announced. I just kind of wish that that, <laughs> that the film premiere wasn't tainted by the fact that Black Panther is in Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite at all. I think <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't want anything negative around this release, man. I've been waiting for this film for a while. I heard actually they're replacing uh, all of the CG in the movie just with his model from Marvel's oh, Capcom. <laughs> I want to see that Half, oh. halfway through the fight. He's going to glitch, you know. Oh god! His left arm's going to be missing. It's going to be DLC. And oh god. Oh, I know some evil person on the internet is gonna do the trailer with just the Black Panther infinite cast, uh, infinite character instead. It's gonna be the worst thing ever. <laughs> still in animation as he jumps from car to car. You're like backflip he's been doing in every trailer so far. <laughs> oh, hey. ah, I'm, I'm sure it's still an entertaining game. I just think like they dropped the ball so hard. It's like Marvel versus Capcom. It's it like those two names together should have just they should have just printed money. Yes. Like Well right. it did to half of what they expected. Yeah. It should still have fucking shitload of money. Yeah. But it's like I've... Marvel is so big now. Yeah. And they focus specifically on putting on like the cinematic universe characters and it's like I should have done amazingly, but Yeah. Back yeah. Now. Greed's a horrible thing, though. I'm, you know, I mean, take Star Wars Battlefront Two. That's a great game. I don't know what you're talking about. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I love loot boxes. Oh man, it's that's a that's another odd game. It's like I don't know. Mate, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. Um, I don't know if you ever heard me say that, Kieran. That might be the first time you ever heard me say it's that. The first time I've heard <laughs> you're constantly going on about Star Wars and how much you love it. <laughs> but even even I enjoyed the the original Battlefront, and I just kind of felt like um uh like I got Origin for a year, and I was like oh, I downloaded the trial for it, and I was just kind of like this is really sterile. And even as even as someone who's like I, I'd say I'm a fair weather fan, like I don't get excited when the film comes out, but like once it's in the cinema, like I'll go. Like I even saw the last one in 4D, silly chairs, but um. <laughs> <laughs> but I just kind of, I just kind of felt like it. It disappointed me as a kind of light fan because I'm like, there's such 
there's such a loyal fandom and like this is what you fucking gave them this is this is what you did like the the utter content that ran through that game i was just like oh man like they're not even trying to hide that they don't give a shit anymore yeah. it's like i to be fair i thought the single player was quite good i didn't like the single but i, but I only played the first three missions it like it it looks fantastic yeah um it actually is a decent it's a decent enough story um they do the best to tie in you know the bits from all the films and other parts of canon and this part of the story is actual official canon okay yeah the, um i can't remember where i've seen that but it is it, it's it's now being taken in to be part of canon which is why they couldn't put a pink darth vader in it <laughs> yes <laughs> that's the reason because they're not saving canon. that re- well they're saving that reveal for the um yeah. the darth vader prequel movie Oh wait, that's but, already happened, hasn't it? It's fucking episode <laughs> one to three. Yeah, yeah, tell they made three of those. <laughs> they're, they're they're retroactively making his suit pink at the end of episode three, <laughs> and the DLC can't come out until then. Yes, uh, but I don't know if you guys had seen this somewhere as well. But EA have come out and they've said they are going to fix the the balancing issues in the game, and they're basically going to fix everything, and the loot boxes are now going to be gone. That's you know, they're, yeah. they're not coming back. They are going to fix everything, but you know, is it too is it too little, too late? Well, I mean, it's still sold like what is it like eight million? Yeah, yeah I, it, it still sold a, a shitload, but it it's weird when you play it because you know we we got a review copy, so we yeah we we played it and we spoke about it on at length on the podcasts uh but you would play it and there was either two sets of people there was people like myself that were playing and they had a couple of items and things and then there was guys that either bought everything when the loot boxes were there because let's say there are people you know ea they're not misplaced or it's not misplaced judgment well it is but it you know there are people that will spend all their fucking the, the monthly salary to get all these weapons before everyone else gets them. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, and I bought a lot oh, of Overwatch loot boxes. I bought, I bought a Warframe. Yeah, but... I'm waiting on getting refunds for Paragon because they're shutting down Paragon, and I bought stuff <laughs> in that. You know. Yes. Yeah. Look, I, man. Yeah, do as I say, know what I do. I think. I think. <laughs> like, I know. Like, this is probably like. Whoever's listening is now like, oh, a discussion about EA's loot boxes. I haven't heard this before. But, yeah. um, <laughs> I thought this was about Dragon Ball Fighters. What are they doing? Uh, they, um, EA have put loot boxes into Dragon Ball Fighters. You've heard it first here. Um, go and spread the misinformation. It does, it does have loot boxes. In it. What? They're solely for cosmetics and you can't pay real money for them. Damn you, EA! <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I think what really made, like... EA's stance on that really egregious is kind of just like it was just the the sh- it was the reactionary kind of you know like the fact they were oh, okay we're gonna drop the the amount of points it costs for a, was it for like a, a ship or a character by seventy five percent and then you know it's like they it's they already had these tiers set up yeah you yeah know, to, to, that's what made it really kind of shitty because if the game was balanced well you couldn't 
you know, if the game was really balanced around this stuff and it wasn't egregious, you wouldn't be able to to react that fast. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you're haggling with someone and you're, it's like they, they go, oh yeah, I can, you know, give you seven five percent, and it's like, you, you're making enough of a markup that you're still going to be making a profit on seventy five percent then. Like, yeah, you you wouldn't you wouldn't offer it to me if that wasn't still doing yes. well for you. Yeah, so that's I I don't know. It's just they're a business. It, yeah, they they are a business, and you know it's, that's not the only kind of like. That's not the only um, franchise that they ruined. Well, I say ruined, but like damaged last year. You know, like same thing with Need for Speed, which I was actually looking forward to because um, I forgot Kieran that game came out. Yeah, but Kieran can also tell you that about my extreme fandom for the the um, seriously, you know, the the dramatic powerhouse that is the Fast and Furious series. Yeah. Oscar um, yes. series <laughs> of <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, that's no, it, the only it, movie I've seen with those stupid 4DX seats. Was the last Fast and Furious. I only go and see top movie franchise <laughs> in 4D seats. I don't, I don't go every chance I get. I, I, I think I'm going Black Panther in 4D. We yeah, are. that's it. Top yeah. quality Oscar-winning films like Black Panther, uh, The Last Jedi, and Fate of the Furious. Those are what I, those are the films <laughs> I watch in 4D seats. Fate of the Furious. Oh, that that film was great. It's, Great or the Furious, it should have been called. But, um, oh yeah, I was looking forward to this. It was like, you know, like, Need for Speed has never done the Fast and Furious... Okay, I couldn't even say that seriously. Need for Speed has never really done a Fast and Furious-styled tw- uh, game before. Yes, yeah. And they just they just filled it to the... They just made it grindy, filled it to the nine with loot boxes. <laughs> I was just like, the fuck are you doing? Like, you, like the, the whole thing, the whole fun thing about, like, Need for Speed is that you get you get a car... You can do a few races of it and then get something obscenely upgraded. Whereas in this one is like, all right, you got a car. Now you can get another car, but you're going to be fucked because everything, everything you you need to upgrade that car is the same thing that you buy the cars with. It's like, it's like why, why did you, why did you think that making this grindy system where everything's bought with the same kind of like tokens is a viable way to make yeah. a Need for Speed game? You know, it's yeah. not like, ah, uh, but yeah. Like we're right getting well and truly into this EA tangent here, but I do just want to add that, like, I feel the same. But Need for Speed things, like, I forgot that game came out at all because I heard people go, "It's not very good," and I was like, "Fine, I won't even bother." Yeah. It was disappointing from the standpoint of the last couple of, of Need for Speed games have been alright. Like they've had issues, like that last one that was just called Need for Speed that had all the. They were trying to do it underground, basically, again. They were doing the neon stuff. They had FMV. And the bit where it fell apart for me was really just the frame rate was really bad and the story was really bad. But the actual racing mm-hmm. was still pretty good. Yeah. And, like, Rivals. I we, I played a lot of Rivals. I think you played quite a lot of Rivals as well, Nathan. I did, yeah. Um, Like, that game's really good. It has issues with, you know, other things. Like, you can't really play online properly because it's like, hey... We're gonna match make eight of you into this lobby, and it's like, great. How do we race with each other? And it's like, you don't. And it's like, wait, why? why we... No, wait, what? And it's like, oh, you pass each other in the world, and you can race that way. And it's like, this is a really big map, man. We, no. <laughs> oh fuck it, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's like every time they release something for speed game, they're like, oh, we made a really good game, and then we fucked it up in some way. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. Uh, 
and, uh, and I think that that sums up my feelings of Dragon Ball Fighters. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, um, Nathan, cheer us up with news about Earth Wars. Is that yes, the right name on. for this game? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I tell tell the story of this game, and I'll look oh, up the real name. Well, uh, this, basically, this game is a. Uh, it's Earth Wars. Is it Earth Wars? Yeah, you got it right. See, because it, it used to be called Earth Storm. Yeah. Okay, so so I'll tell you that story. Um, That's so the story I, I meant. Gonna... I didn't mean the story of the actual. I didn't mean like the, the end game the... story. Okay, yeah, because the in-game story is like so generic. I, I was struggling to think what the actual factions in game are called. There's I was also like... a mobile game called Transformers Earth Wars. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. So, I, I think it was about was it, a year a, a year ago or so, maybe a year coming up to a year and a half ago. Um, there was a essentially this game came came out called um, Earth Dawn, which was. Kind of like, um, I don't know if you've ever played Odin Sphere or any of the Vanillaware style games like um, Dragon's Crown or... Right, yeah. Yeah, so it's basically a, a kind of like side-scrolling side uh, RPG slash-em-up. And it it was basically a bargain bin kind of Vanillaware style game that it didn't look as nice, but it played like a mix between Odin Sphere and Monster Hunter. And a couple of weeks ago, I was on the I was on the Switch looking for stuff to pad my indie gallery because I've, I haven't got anything to play clearly. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and I noticed that uh, that there was a game called Earth Wars. Apparently, I got it right. Earth Wars on the, the Switch. So I was like, Kieran, that looks a lot like the game Earth's Dawn on PS4." And it turns out for some reason it's been re-released with another publisher at a bargain bin price of literally five pounds. Whereas the PS4 one I still think is like fifteen to thirty pounds. It's the exact right. same game. Like it's, it's they've just given it a new title and it's they've given it a new price. But the the game is so far I've played a couple of hours and it's like beat for beat the same. But um it's it's pretty fun. It's just it's kinda like a, it's just a side scrolling a kind of slash uh, slash em up RPG. Um, it plays a bit like Monster Hunter in that respect because you have various different weapon types that you that all play very differently that you can upgrade, and it's all about going in, doing a mission, killing aliens, and just uh, just for the grind, really. So if you've played anything like um, Dragon's Crown or Odin's Fate, you, you kind of know what you're getting into here. And as I said, the the story is so generic. It it, it looks like Gears of War but side-scrolling and the characters are very stylized with massive heads for some reason and you just go in and kill stuff so it's, just, it's one of those great kind of game, like it's great for when you're on the move because it's just like mindless go and destroy everything the the only things i will say about it is that um the levels are kind of split out like a metroidvania like it, they're kind of like big open areas that well big open side-scrolling areas you can explore in and like look around like Odin's Sphere, but yeah. all the missions that you do like kind of put you in tiny bits of them and tell you exactly where to go and there's not really any incentive to explore and you can't really. So it's just really on rails, just go in there, grind, kill these aliens, get materials, make your weapon better, kill them more. The it end. Kind of reminds me of uh, <laughs> Muramasa in that way. Like Muramasa had like this big Metro Venus 
connected world uh, but it was like empty so it was just like go from point to point and fight the things that you have to do missions for but there's all this big you know exploration stuff but there's no reason to ever do it yeah that is, it's it's exactly it. that's why i say it's like it's like knockoff vanilla where because all vanilla where games have the same things like go through these areas and kill this thing but what, what it basically means is you know where this enemy is go to it and kill it and then get a mission to go to another area that you've been to where you know where the enemy is and kill it again but a harder variation and i mean that there's there's nothing wrong with that it's it's fun it's fine and like it's literally a fiver so um i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend it at for the ps4 since it's still like 30 quid but for five pounds right. kind of like monster hunter style side scrolling rpg which it has it has a like i don't care if you hate the art style i'm, I'm not a big yeah, fan of i'm it. not really into it because it it kind of looks like these gears of war characters but their heads are like really disproportionate for their bodies and it's like <laughs> imagine imagine anime looking marcus phoenix with a head like a cabbage patch kid and you're, <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> that's, it's, that image you've got is kind of what it's like except the right. cabbage patch head is very anime looking but very like it's very weird it's like very almost uh it's very realistic anime large-headed characters and it's like i i don't i don't understand the art direction at all but <laughs> Uh, another reason I say it's like knockoff vanilla wear is because one thing about vanilla wear games I like is that the the colors the colors are always vibrant and pops. Whereas because in this you're playing is kind of like um, uh, super soldiers that that you know you have to upgrade your weapons very gears of war looking. It's very drab and gray. it's got like a very gray tone to it. Mm-hmm. Like even the the in the the in game cutscenes where you're talking to like the the colonel you work for like he's got this very kind of pale pale grayish color L- looks like he could do a few vitamins it's, like every, everything about it's got this, like this gray filter and it's like if you just turn the vibrance up a bit and make this slightly less repetitive this would be like a, 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 a i would like recommend this in a heartbeat but it's just a it's a it's you know it's a kind of one of those games like for example how you use goal story if you're on a long train you just need something simple to play that you don't have to tune in too much for the story because you know the story is very generic then i'd yeah. recommend it uh-huh. so yeah i've been, been playing through that it's just mindless it's just like mindless drudging through <laughs> through various enemy types that so, you know you can switch your brain off yeah well, that sounds cool i think it's surprisingly <laughs> the amount of these like weird low budget things that have started coming out in the switch like, you know, we've talked about uh, that insult game. Yep. You know, Earth Wars, uh, the Frederick games, which Mike, you've been playing. I have, yeah. Uh, and before we go into that, like, uh, uh, one of my favourites from Phones, which I've not actually played it on the Switch yet, which is Mom Head My Game. Right. Which is like a Japanese, yeah, um... like, point-and-click uh, kind of... It's like an escape room game, but you're trying to find a DS that your mum's hid from you. Yeah. The only, thing um, I, the only bad thing about that game being that they fixed the title because there's a whole lot more, you know, bad translation to the title on phones. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, but... It's interesting to see this kind of tier of, like, sub-five-pound games coming. Yes. Some of us being phone games, but I don't think Earth Wars is on phones. 
No. So this is an especially weird one. I, f- I think, funny enough, talking about being on phones, Dandara's come out on phones. It is, and yeah. that's And that's kind of some of the inspiration for the control scheme. I think Earth Wars would be a bit too complex for... Well, I, I say that, but, you know, you get full-fledged, full-fledged games on this. It's a bit complex for that, but... Um, yeah. I think it's because you know, like the 3DS, um, is pretty much coming to end of end of life. So I think you're getting a lot more incentive, like probably on Nintendo's side, to get a lot of those uh, indie devs that were kind of padding out the 3DS store between releases. Mm-hmm. There's probably a lot more incentive to for them to come on board now. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah, as you're saying, like uh, six months ago, it was weird. You weren't getting like all the games are coming out at least like 10, 15 pounds, but now you're getting like these three pound games come out there was a game that came out that's like 80p i think i might be i might be i might be imagining it but there's quite a quite a few as you said games coming out of budget level now that's like yeah like these are basically these are basically up-res phone games that you know you might be able to enjoy in just while an afternoon away on i think okay. like um that's probably probably owing to the switch's success yeah. yeah um, but yeah, Mike, you've been playing Frederick, right? How is that? Yes. Because that one is also a phone port. Right. I I wasn't aware of it until I seen it on the Switch. I'm pretty sure it's a phone port. Uh, yeah, um, I, I've seen it around. I've never actually played it. Right. Uh, yeah, so its proper name is Frederick Resurrection of Music. And the idea is, is Frederick Chopin comes back from the dead um, for reasons. You know, he needs to come and save the world. Music is in trouble and he needs to come and save the world of music. Uh, it's a rhythm action game. And the twist this time is that the tracks that you're playing are sort of modern twists on Chopin's music. Okay. So there's a, the, the, one of them is set in the Wild West and it's like a duel. You're, you're fighting a character and you're in the Wild West and it's a duel. So it's a, it's like a, a cowboy version of the funeral march that you're playing. Um, the So the, uh, <clears throat> when you're doing the duels against the different characters, you are, you know, you're facing each other. So it looks like a fighting game. And then in front of you are is this keyboard, a piano keyboard, and notes come and they, they fly past and you're meant to push the right button as it hits the, you know, the centre of the, the, the piano key. As it comes past, you hit it, and if you're accurate, you get a higher score. And, you know, the song plays and you... Typical uh, rhythm action so far, so good. The So you can play it using the controller, and the buttons, but it doesn't feel intuitive. It feels the way that they've set up, uh, you know, the, the keys. So there's black and white keys in the piano and the, the notes come down and they hit them. And moving, you know, from left to right on the keys, it doesn't, your hands pushing the buttons don't mirror this. Okay. But you can play, when you're playing handheld, you can play on the touch screen. So instead of pushing the button, you can push the key on the on the piano. That makes sense. So as yeah, as the the note comes down that you need to hit, you hit the the right key, um, and yeah, it's quite good, quite enjoyable. The touch detection is slightly off. 
All right. So, oh, yeah. do you think that's a game thing or a Switch thing? Like, I've I've never used <laughs> like never used the touchscreen on the Switch. Um, <laughs> I think it's a game thing. I've I've used the touchscreen on the Switch for. I'm trying to think. What have I played? Oh, I played um, the 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 Japanese uh, the J-pop um, rhythm action oh, game uh, demo uh, uh, voice. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was very good. Okay. No issues with that. That worked very well. Um, and it's basically why when I'd seen what Frederick and then the sequel Frederick Two came out. And the reason I picked them up was I fancied a rhythm action game and I'm still on the fence whether I want to pay, I think it's 18, nearly £20 for Voice. Uh, Voice, to be fair, has a lot of music tracks on it. So I might go, I might pick it up. But yeah, Frederick has 10, 10 songs and they're all twists on classic, uh, Chopin classics. It's the collision. It's the the touch detection that's slightly yeah. off. But would, um, you prefer, so, would you prefer like Chopin classics or J-pop? J-pop. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Has seen the Miku game. Let's get this. Yes. Console on the road. Um, yeah. So, but again, uh, the the first game was it was originally going for like five pound sixty or something. Frederick Two came out. And that is going for, I think, £3 something or other, £3 odd. And they, they put the first one on special. It, so it's currently on special on the, the Switch store. So for, I think it was l- less than £7.50, I got the two games. And again, for the money that I paid for Frederick, it's not great, but I'm not mad. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and and it's not. It doesn't feel like it's shuffleware either. You know, it, it's it's straddling this this fine line where, you know, it's not horrible nasty shit, but it's not game of the year stuff either. It's it's bizarre. Yeah. Um, the the Osar games. I was I was intrigued, and you know, it's like, yep, yeah, it's a game jam game. I can understand. I know what I'm fully getting into. These ones, I was looking for a decent rhythm action game. I didn't get it. I kind of got it, and it's like, yeah, well, you know, you paid three pound fifty. What more do you want? Mm-hmm. And I got more than the. I think I got more than the three pounds fifty worth. So, um, yeah, but like you say, it's it is really nice to see these level of games coming out on the Switch. Mm. Um, there is quite a few of them. Uh, even if you have a look on the market now, there's. There's one, I think it's called Car Wars. Uh, I could be wrong on the name. It sounds Um, sounds like a name of a mobile port on the Switch. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, And that one looks quite interesting. It's kind of like a tactical tactical game um, Mm -hmm. set in like a Mad Max universe. Uh, And I'm currently looking like a madman to find it. Mad Carnage. I don't know why I came up... Yes. How you, how you get from Car Wars to Mad Carnage, I don't know. I don't know. It's believable. Yeah. They're both Good, uh, similar yeah. style of names. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Yeah, I'm a bit disappointed with the 
the Frederick games that it wasn't the rhythm action games I was looking for, but uh, I might just need to pick up Voice. But saying you... that, there's there's another one that's just come out which I'm curious about, which is a Crypt of the Necro Dancer. That game's great. That game is so good. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm really tempted to buy that on Switch, even though I already bought it on PC and then on PS4 and then played a bunch of it on Vita. And then I was like, wow, <laughs> I could buy that on Switch. Why not? That game's great. <laughs> Nah, see, I, I've never bought it. It's yeah, you'll if you're into rhythm action games, you'll like it. It's 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 kind of like it's one of those games that like I I just recommend. It's like Isaac, you know. It's like right. Once once you get your hooks into it, man, it's gonna take many hours of your time. Um, I was just did you did you play Supersonic? Uh, Supersonic Super Beat Zonic at all? I don't even know if that's how you say it. Um, no, I didn't. Because that's uh, recently come out on the Switch, and that's probably, it has yes. That like if you're if you're into games like Hatsune Miku or really fast-paced rhythm games, like that's one to try. It's so hard though, right? It's, it's brutal. Like uh, like there's it basically works. It's a uh, four to so the way it works is kind of like got like techno and kind of j-pop and like di- different styles of music i think it's korean actually sorry so it'd be like k-pop and techno techno style music and it it's got like four so the easy mode's got like four lanes so for example it might be uh, trying to remember what the controls are but it might be like right and down for the two lanes on the right of the screen and then um a and b for the two lanes on the right of the screen and the notes come at the screen like thick and fast so it's almost like Dance Dance Revolution, but it's coming at the screen. So it's like you've got to imagine there's two kind of like there's like four circular lanes at the side, and the notes are coming in different ways and similar. Yes, to... yeah, I see. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at uh, video footage of it right now. Yeah, man, it, it like I like it, but it's like intense. It's like um, I, I played a bit of it. I was just like, I I think I'm a bit too tired to play this right now, man, because it it really put me on my ass. <laughs> But if you're into if you're into rhythm games, I think like it it might be it might be a good shout. Although, at the, I think it's I think it's like a full full price release. I think it's like thirty thirty five quid or thirty nine quid. It is yes yeah. But it's it's definitely worth it. I think it's done by the same people that do like the DJ Max series as well. So it's yeah, like on the same level, something like Hatsune Miku. Those DJ yeah. Max games are so hard as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a full price game, so you're looking at like um, forty quid on the store, and Amazon. The best price I can see for it at the moment is like thirty three pound. That's pretty cheap, considering it's on the Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's definitely well if you can catch on a maybe on a bit of a sale. It's, it's definitely worth a look in, especially if you're yeah if you're into it. And, you can play touchscreen as well. Um, yeah. Well, the the PlayStation Vita version of it is available for fourteen pound. Well, if you if you still if you still use your Vita, man, like, that sounds so derogative. If you yeah. still use your Vita, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Vita if you're, if you're like, those people. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you if you still use your Vita regularly, I, I'd say pick it up for forty quid. I just like. Yes. Yeah. Um, I just, or you're a wreck like me that just stops using consoles as soon as they're older than 12 months. <laughs> well, that's it. My poor uh, Monster Hunter Limited Edition 3DS XL, old singing, new 3DS XL, is uh, 
it, it's in the half with me because uh, I haven't spoken to it till, since the Switch, since I got my Switch. So, <laughs> <laughs> but oh, yeah, um, I'm just I, I'm liking all these kind of indie type games that we're getting on the Switch at the moment, and it's you know you can you can play them and buy them, and you're not it's not costing you you know like forty quid for the, the that super beat Sonic game because. Mm. You know that is a, it's a popular game, but I didn't know of it. It's a niche genre, and forty quid is a hell of a lot to drop on something, you know, like yeah, that. It, it, it's similar to the um, uh, the game that I reviewed last year for the 3DS, Coldset. Uh, yeah, you know, Coldset is huge in Japan. I thought I might like it. We got a review copy of it. I was really stoked so that I could play it and review it and I didn't have to pay for it. And I didn't like it. Oh, you no. Know, um, that's the one your... with the cards, isn't it? Yes, yeah, that's the one with the cards. It's kind of like um, Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic the Gathering crossed with Monopoly. Oh, that sounds like the worst thing ever to me. Uh, yeah, it, it's the roll and move, and it's the the complete randomness. It's yeah, cross it with Monopoly and Magic the Gathering, but also the uh, the if you've ever played the Talisman board game, mm-hmm. Talisman, you can Talisman's <laughs> one of the original. Uh, it's considered one of the classic board games and it's like a fantasy game but it's roll and move and games have been known to to last for like seven hours and not because they're heavily involved or anything that nobody can roll the fucking double one they need to finish the game (laughs) and that's all it's been i'll never understand the infatuation with talisman that a lot of people have oh it's a horrible game <laughs> See, I've got, I've got no frame of reference, but any, anything where you have to describe what it like as a cross with Monopoly, I'm out. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm so it. out. <laughs> like... Yes, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so before we get on to another tangent, possibly about Monopoly and, and board games, and things, Kieran. <laughs> yeah, too late. Down Kieran, let us know about they are billions. All oh, right. They Are Billions is like a real-time strategy game with zombies crossed with Monopoly. <laughs> and... <laughs> um, it doesn't... It's not Monopoly, thankfully. Uh, I talked about Good. it a little bit uh, a couple of weeks ago with Paul, uh, but I, play, I played more of it. Um, it's a real-time strategy game kind of in the style of something like Age of Empires. You know, where you're building, right, okay. you're building like huts and houses for your people, and you're building, you know... Uh, buildings to create new troops and you're building defenses and the, the main focus of the game is you're building up defenses and walls and you know towers and ballista and stuff like that to hold off an ever encroaching zombie horde so you start generally very like centered in a map and usually there'll be a few choke points that you can cut off with you know just your troops to start with and with walls and you know you build your way up and you end up building a very kind of little functional city. It's it, it's almost like a little city builder because you're building, trying to gain resources so you can move your way up the tech tree so you can get better defenses. And 
it's really good and really difficult because to start with, if you haven't, the thing you learn in the first couple of games, or at least I did, is that uh, the big hordes of zombies are not the biggest threat to start with. The biggest threat to start with is just the individual little wandering zombies that just walk past your defences because you've not got all of the choke points secure and they just walk up and infect one of your buildings. Because if a zombie attacks one of your buildings enough, they infect it, which means it spawns more zombies. And then those zombies attack your other buildings and they get infected and they spawn more zombies. And so when you start losing a couple of buildings, you've basically lost because it's just a chain reaction that gets worse and worse. Um, It's really good. And it's it's a weird game because it it feels very much built around this whole like turtle up, build the walls, defend everything kind of mentality. But you start to realize the longer you survive that the game isn't actually about turtling up because you can't win that way. Because the hordes of zombies that show up get they show up periodically. Like there's an in-game timer, and after a few days a horde of zombies will attack but they get harder and harder every time and they come from different directions every time so they will focus fire basically on individual parts of your defenses and you'll just you know have one individual wall that's taking you know 300 zombies at it at once and you're like oh well fuck i better have the defenses on every wall to be able to defend that just in case that's the direction they come from next but you also can't spend all your time focusing on that because you'll run out of resources. Or not exactly run out, because you there's different things you can gather. So you can gather stone, you can gather iron, you can gather wood, um and food. And you never actually like run out of it. Like it doesn't you never use it up in the the world. But you can only mine it so fast, or you can only cut down trees so fast, you can only gather so much food. And so you need more of it to be able to mm-hmm. get through the tech tree fast enough to be able to have good enough defences to defeat the next wave of zombies. Which means that the walls you've built are not good enough because there's going to be more resources outside of those walls that you need. So it feels very much like it's about turtling, but then you very quickly realise that, oh no, I need to be expanding constantly. It's not just about me letting the zombies do their own thing out in the world until they attack me. It's I need to build a troop of, you know, a squad of soldiers and send them out to wipe out some of the zombies that are out there and then build new walls and make my defences bigger. But then in turn that means there's more places the zombies can attack from when they come in hordes. So those new walls you build have to also be really super defended. And it's just this endless kind of progression of, okay, well... I need more iron so I can build, you know, better defenses. There's some over there, so I'll go wipe out the zombies, build more walls. They can attack these walls now, though, so I better build more soldiers. I've run out of food now, so I need to expand more so I can get more food so I can build more soldiers. Oh, no, I've run out of resources and the zombies have killed everyone. Oh, God. Which is how all of my (laughs) games have ended. I've not won yet. Right. Uh, (laughs) I've definitely lost every single game of that I've played. But it's a really fun strategy game. Uh, and like to start playing it is really simple like it's it plays something kind of like Age of Empires or something like that where it's relatively straightforward to get into um, but I'm enjoying it quite a lot it's, I don't usually buy early access games but it was one that I felt like I needed right cool yeah. I definitely recommend it um, Nathan 
Yo. It's been early access games. You've been playing Super Mario Odyssey. That's early right. access, right? Uh, yeah, I, well, I've, I've got early access because I got it at launch, but I've only really started <laughs> playing it a few Until <laughs> they add that uh, Luigi Balloon mode, I will not consider it a finished game. That's true. Like, it's the, yes. the constantly, it's the, you know, similar to Kanye West, The Life of Pablo. It's an ongoing, <laughs> it's an ongoing project that's never quite finished right. until you both put his finishing touch in. <laughs> yeah, has he fixed walls yet? I don't know. Um, yeah, Super Mario. It's another I tried game. Um, uh, for for a different reason. Um, I love Mario. I'm not sure there's any there's many people on the planet that would say they don't. Um, uh-huh. Well, at least Paul. I hope there's not. Paul. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it. I think it's a great game. Um, I, again, I think it's a great game. It's gonna be weird for me to say this, but it's not what I want out of a Mario game. Right, okay. I think, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm really weird because, you know, the, I think the best Mario game was Super Mario Sunshine. You're um, a fucking monster. <laughs> <laughs> You're a history's I... greatest monster. <laughs> Next thing you're going to be saying that the best 2D one was Yoshi's Island or some bullshit like that. Whoa, whoa, Yoshi's New Island, thank you. Oh, God, that's not even a good Yoshi's Island game. <laughs> <laughs> Yoshi's Woolly World. I'm, I'm, I'm just being spiteful. I'm joking. Um, that I I prefer the kind of um, like a, was it Super Mario 3D World? Hmm. Um, I think it's I think it's just because most 3D platformers and not saying that Mario doesn't reinvent the wheel. It does some fucking great things. Like there there are some great moment to moment, you know, like gameplay sequences in that game. Where I was like, this is fantastic, but. I think stuff like um, just like collectathon, it's it's not a collectathon, but it, it kind of it's reminiscent of those for me. And I played so many of them that I've like tired myself out on it. So right. I love like I love like the little contained, like even the little two D Mario bits. Like I love mm-hmm. those bits. I love the kind of contained rooms. But then there's just a, I feel there's a lot of like fluff. Yeah. I feel like there's oh. You you butt pounded the ground. Here's a star for you. Like here's a moon for you. And I'm just like I I really don't need this. I, like I <laughs> if if the game was more of the kind of like you know elaborate kind of jumping, doing crazy stuff and you know like crazy platforming bits. Um, I think I'd be more enamored with it. But as it stands, I just kind of feel like I haven't even completed a story. But I just kind of feel like it's it's a lot of busy work. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe, maybe it's like I've got up to New Donk City. Um, I've had, you know, I've restored the power, and everyone's like, "That's the bit, man. That's the bit that got me." And I'm just like, uh, I, "I, I think I'm supposed to feel something by here, and I'm just not." <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, I think for me, I, like, I, I really like Mario Odyssey a lot, um, but I can understand that as well. I think the thing too for me was I had to just come to terms with the fact that those moons that are just kind of you know butt pound the ground and you got one or here's just one that's just there are kind of just there for you know younger audiences yeah. yes it's yeah like kids have to play this game too but then they they put so many of the like there's a lot more of those contained areas that you go into a room and it it's just a you know mario level just a really good platforming puzzle kind of thing but they put them all towards the end of the game. 
or in the end game. Like, there's so many of those, and it's all just very much like, well, you play through this really easy story mode. That a lot of the moons you got were probably just sitting there. But here's some hard stuff now. Here's kind of the bit you wanted <laughs> towards the end. Yeah, I I think like. I think you said that before, and then like I, I totally, I totally understand. I just kind of wish like they'd intersperse more of those yeah. challenging platforming bits throughout the game. And don't get me, don't get me wrong, I, I will actually complete this game eventually, mm-hmm. somehow, it will happen. But I'm not like it, that's it's my, my exact issue with the game is like I'm like this game is fantastic, but it's not doing anything for me right now because I'm just like. It just feels like, as you said, like I understand, I totally understand, like, um, you know, like it, it's it's a family game, you know, it's Mario, like it's it's it's, it's not Peggy eighteen, there's there's no like kind of hardcore theme. Yeah. This is for everyone to enjoy. This is for you know, like you to play with your son and like he he jumps to the ground, he gets like a colorful display. I was like, yeah, that's fine, but I I also want in, interspersed in those area like earlier areas for people that are. I'd say experienced Mario players, but people who've been playing Mario games over the years to have a bit more to sink their teeth into. Yeah, for the real Mario players. Yeah, that's right. For the, not for the casual Mario players, <laughs> for the hardcore <laughs> ones like me, the sadist that actually enjoyed Super Mario Sunshine and recognised its place on top <laughs> of the Mario hierarchy. Because if I can battle Super Mario Sunshine's camera and still come out on top of that game, I'm telling you, nothing that game, nothing honestly has thrown at me so far is um, hardcore enough for me to be like, yeah, well, uh, I'm enjoying these moon, I'm enjoying these moons you're giving me, but nothing has been as difficult as Sunshine's camera, and I'm just, I, I just want my Sunshine's camera difficulty. That's that's all I'm asking for. Oh, when you get to the secret room that you go into and the camera just gets fucked up, that's you're gonna love it. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm dying for that bit. Um, I'm going to be a bit cheeky because I just remembered it and I didn't put it on the list. So this is me kind of like stealing the limelight here. That's but fine. There's like no games been... on this list. So it's... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's empty. Um, I've been playing Iconoclasts. Oh, yeah. I actually do want to hear about this one. Um, again, I've played, I've played a couple of hours into it and it's so far, it's been fucking great. Um, so, Iconoclast is basically a Metroidvania about a girl called Robin, who um, wants to climb a mountain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and deal with anxiety. No. <laughs> so, basically, you pay as Robin. She's um, a girl that recently has lost her father. Um, but her dad used to be a mechanic. And um, she's taking up, she's she's basically taking up um, fixing stuff as a hobby, which is fine. But in this world, you get an assigned job and you stick to that job no matter what. Otherwise, it's punishable by death pretty much. But um, she's she's not been assigned the mechanic job. So it's, it's basically you're going around the world fixing things and avoiding the law because you're you're being an illegal mechanic you're illegally fixing the world <laughs> and you shouldn't be your hobbies are your hobbies are illegal mate and it's, it's just <laughs> it's just a it's it's a really it's it's just a, a fun really metrovania it's like it, it's basically 
a metroidvania that meets that kind of like bionic commando because you use the wrench to kind of open switches and it kind of does the you can cling on to things and swing like you know just swing from place to place like yeah. bionic commando and oh, cool. it's just pretty it's pretty great like um you get a stun gun later on and it's it's not like um it's not crazily difficult but it just has a nice art style and i think it was like worth a mention so she's like you know, I mentioned Dandara as well, which is a you know like a Metroidvania with a nice art style. So that's definitely another one to to add to the list of games that you need to play yeah, and definitely. probably complete. Wink, wink. Um, I don't know if it's on. I don't think it's on Switch. It's not, I but it's I think on... they they said it's coming to Switch though. No, All right. Looks like I'm gonna have to double dip. Because <laughs> yeah, I bought it on. Uh, I bought it on GOG. And I've been playing. I've been playing it there, but because I don't play on my PC much, I, I'm just, I, I don't know why I buy things on PC. I, like, so I've played like a couple of hours of it, and I don't like playing on my PC. I'm like, this is a really great game. That this would be even better on my Switch. So now that you said that, you've given me license to not play this on GOG and wait for it to come out <laughs> on the Switch. That's fair. Well, yeah, that's a great game. It's it's definitely a lot of fun. Um. Yeah, and the other Switch game that you've got on this list is Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Have you played a lot of that? I've played like 15 hours and I'm still getting tutorials. Yeah, was... I've played quite a lot of it and I'm still getting tutorials. So I've Be... played 15 hours and I still can't remember the main character's name. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I there you go. I thought I did until you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the main. I remember his blade's name is Pyra. Oh, you can't Bl- forget Pyra. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you you can't forget Pyra. You can't um, forget Pyra. Fuck! What is his name? Oh my god! Blind, Blandy. <laughs> it's generic anime. Ah, oh, it's Rex. I think it's Rex. Uh, yeah, that sounds believable. Yes, it is Rex. Fuck! It doesn't have <laughs> like you should. I should remember that because the voice acting in that game is kind of terrible. And they constantly scream Rex or Pyra <laughs> or Poppy, and they never stop talking. Oh yeah, I quite like that game, but man, it has so many issues. I I love all of the Xenoblade series, but this game has the most repetitive sound bites. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Like every every enemy, like oh, you get these enemy soldiers and they have like two sound bites, like just they're just so constantly. And I can't remember them for the life of me now. But every time I play this game, like I end up just like chanting with them. It's it's stuff like like oh I'm go I'm going in for the attack. Okay, I'm going in for the attack. Okay, that's not the exact quote, <laughs> but they do it with such alarming regularity that when you play this game for long enough. That, like you just find yourself chanting along with him, and like it's just a slow descent into madness. Yeah. Um. The the gameplay is fantastic. Uh, have you played any of the Xenoblades? I played a little bit of one. Mike played one. Yeah. Um. I played uh the one for the 3DS, which was was that, that was the port one. of the yeah. yeah yeah that that yeah no I enjoyed that and I have this one but i've only got through i think the first two hours and then i i I was telling kieran the last time on the podcast i'd played for about two hours so i'd got through you know 
all that video and everything and I thought <laughs> right eventually I can get to the main meat of the game and we went to a friend's house and their kids were like oh did you bring your switch and, yes I brought the switch let's play Mario and after I took the, the card out I'd realised what I'd done I'd taken it out without saving oh no that's unfortunate and I haven't really went back yeah I just got to the point where I can have three. I think you can have a maximum of three of the. I forget what they're called, even. The fucking robots. The blades. Um, yeah. I can have three of those now. Um, but that's all I remember. I think I'm in chapter four. This, I've heard that those first four chapters are super long. They're like most of the game. And then the rest of the chapters are relatively short in comparison. Um, I've, I've like as I said, I've done like fifteen hours in that game, but I've just been wandering around the field, getting killed by over over leveled stuff. Yeah, I've done that as well, and I don't. But, why do they put like level ninety monsters in the starting area? <laughs> what are you doing? It's it's not even that. It's why why do why are similar leveled monsters like one level ten monster is like really easy to kill but then another level eight monster is like so long it's just so grindy yeah. it's like it, it's not doing any damage but it's like taking you five minutes to kill and it's like what well, what is happening here like yeah. the scaling in that game is strange but i mean it's for all its faults it's you know the the voice acting as you said is pretty terrible although <laughs> i like the main character i like the main character he's like he just sounds like a like a, a welsh lad yeah, he does. <laughs> yes. That's the thing. A lot of the voice acting just feels very out of place. And and it falls very much into like anime tropes. You know, the main female character in the game is a character who the camera constantly is, you know, sweeping around her bibs and her butt. Like, one of the first things she does with the main <laughs> character is like holds his hand out towards her chest. And it's like, ah, this is this game. Right. I see what you're doing. <laughs> It's Which one is, of those. It's one of those. It's really bizarre because if, like, Mike, you would have known from playing the the first one, like, there's nothing like that. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's such a tone change. I was like, hey? Wasn't X uh, Denver Chronicles? Fools? Was it X or was it Cross? Uh, Whatever the yeah. Wii U one was. Um, I called it X, but that's because I just say letters. It might be but X. But it's probably Cross. <laughs> um, wasn't that also, like way more like way less anime yeah it every, every like that great that soundtrack. game oh that that soundtrack was fantastic <laughs> i can't see you i can't hear you that that is burnt <laughs> into my head oh man that soundtrack is nightmare fuel like <laughs> soundtrack in this game so... is actually really good I'm oh yeah the sound Oh, it's, it's such a step up. the The soundtrack of of Cross or X is like one of the. It it was so bad. It was soothing. It was just like <laughs> you spent so much time in the city, and they like you knew it was nighttime because the the song changes. Just oh yeah, down 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 down. And like forty hours into the game, you're like, oh no, <laughs> it's like you hear that theme so much. Like I've closed my eyes sometimes. It's just like oh yeah, but um. That yeah, that game was a lot less. That that game was a lot less. Um, hell of a lot less anime. Like it, it, it was very. It was very like sci-fi. Very kind of like, not. It was it was weird. It was like very Gundam slash Patlabor in that. 
Like, you know, they were hyping up like, you'll be able to fly around in your mech and go hunt things. But they didn't mention that you have to get your license for it, which takes about 30 hours. <laughs> it's like, you're, oh, you're going to enjoy flying around this massive open world. And it's like, but first you got to get your license. And it's like, you got to go, you actually got to apply for a license to go. It was like really, really long winded. Um, I feel like this game is very similar to that in the, um, just in how it handles like having multiple people in your party even like having a full party of characters and having a full set of blades to switch between in a battle like takes like 30 odd hours and it's like but i've been able to see in the menus this whole time that i will have three at some point because it's all there the slots are there but it takes 30 odd hours and it it doesn't add any complication to it really it's just oh you can switch between three now yeah that great i think all three of the games were like odd in that respect but i think the the first one was like it was such a, a odd title to I, I don't know maybe it's just me but it was like such a odd title to get from nintendo like it it, it felt kind of like i've never really had a game that that kind of like dealt with such mature themes and such depth from from nintendo yeah like it, it's something you'd expect from uh someone like square or i was gonna say triace but i can't think of anything that they've actually done but um, no, it, it, yeah. it's something you spent over like a, a, a kind of dragon quest like, like like that original game dealt with some really really like just to even go into the story of that would be like a, a spoiler cast like three or four hours and it's mm-hmm. such a complex story and it's like the just like X or Cross in, in comparison is nowhere near as deep, but even that had like great themes, although I didn't get all the way through it. But I got I got a fair bit of the way. I think I got about a third into it after about forty five hours. So. <laughs> but yeah, this one this one definitely veers into to kind of anime trope territory, but it's still like it's weird. After all this description of like, oh the leveling's weird, it's anime tropes, it's quite pervy. The soundtrack's great. You think like, yeah, this game isn't good, but like, it just somehow works. Like, yeah. it shouldn't, but it does. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, it's just, I, I'm, I'm just enjoying that for just like, even though it's probably gonna take me years to complete. <laughs> but yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Cool. Cool. Um. Yeah, the only game we have left in this list is uh, Monster Energy Supercross. <laughs> yes, so this is... Uh... <laughs> Mike's been fucking dying to talk about this the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a game that we... It's another game we've uh, got our hands on for review and editorial. All right. um, and this is from Milestone. So, you know Milestone, yeah. The, it's the guys that do the MotoGP games. MotoGP uh, and uh, did they do ride? Yes, yeah, they uh, they do ride and they do the the motocross games. Yeah, uh, they used to do the WRC games, but they got taken away and given to Kyloton. Okay. Um, but yeah, so they are now doing the FIM or it's either FIM stroke AMA Supercross. So Supercross, that's the one where they do the, the kind of like dirt biking in the stadiums. Yeah. Um, and it used to be Red Bull, used to be the sponsor, but now it's Monster Energy Drink. Um, and hence we 
now have the, the video game Monster Energy Supercross, the official game. Uh, did you guys ever play any of the the, the, the motocross? Uh, was it MX, MXGP games? I did not. Or uh, on the... Uh, the PlayStation Vita, we had a game that was free on PlayStation Plus called Mud. No. Nope. No. I don't. No. So you're not big into your, your kind of motocross no. uh, racing games then. Um, the point I'm trying to get to is they all look pretty much the same. So uh, MXGP2 was the game that came out in 2016. Uh MXGP3 came out last year, 2017, and MUD came out in 2014, I think. All three of those games pretty much look the same, um, and it follows the same thing that Milestone have done for years and years with their racing games, uh, like the, the MotoGP games. The games pretty much look the same every year, except there's a little tweak that comes with them and they get slowly but surely they get better and i think the last time we spoke about uh, one of these games i think it was uh, mxgp2 was we i'd said i'm happy to play milestones games i'm happy for them to make these games because at one point they're going to get it right <laughs> they're eventually um, going <laughs> to become the best racing games of all time because they've steadily got better yes yeah um the games are enjoyable now uh, this new one is uh, the, the Supercross it is enjoyable uh, the, the gameplay itself is good uh, so the, the Mortal GP games um, or sorry the, the Supercross games I keep forgetting which one we're talking about so the Supercross ones that's the like I said it's the the motocross in the stadium so the mm -hmm. tracks yeah. are very small and compact yeah. um, and it's all about you know, weight distribution on on the bikes because you've got uh, the the ramps uh, are quite close together. So it's like the old Excite bike, um, you know, where you would you take a ramp, but you need to make sure that you you know you, you jerk on the bike at the right time so that you clear enough ramps in between to hit the next bump. Because if you land right in the middle of them, you're going to go slow and you could fall off your bike. Uh, and that is that part of the what they've made into the game, the physics, is quite good. Because if you've ever tried um, motocross, it is one, one wrong move. If you go too fast or you don't go fast enough hitting a ramp, you are going to fall off. You're going to, you know, hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the the kind of a uh, feel of weight distribution and, and you know, uh, jerking the bike around is quite good. That's quite cool. Um, the the races are good fun. The, the the game modes. So the game modes that you can do there is the official, <clears throat> excuse me, the official tournaments for the different classes. There's the the two fifty cc's and that's split into east coast and west coast. Then there's the four fifty. That's the main event. Uh, you know, so that's really big bikes and it's more difficult because you're on the same track, but your bike goes a lot faster, uh, more exciting. And that's all there. The when, when you're playing the game, there's various modes that you can do it as well. So you can do what they call the one shot. 
and that's going straight into the main event, the main race for each um, location that you go to. And the races take about between three and five minutes. So quick, sharp, you know, short races. Um, very exciting, all very cool. Or you can do the, it's kind, you do some of the qualification of that, or you do the full the full race day. Now, the, uh, Milestone have been doing that. They've been putting this into into all their games for ages. You know, do you just want to do the main race or do you want to do the whole qualification or the whole race weekend? They've also changed the, excuse me, the race length as well. So you can do, you know, the short race or you can do like, you know, the full laps. You know, if it was MotoGP, you can do the full 50 laps or whatever it is. And that's quite cool. And I'm trying to think what else I can tell you before I get to the the, the but because there is a there is a but with There's this one. There's always going to be a yeah. Um, the there's a track editor, so you know once you get fed up of doing the 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 tournaments and the career mode, you can go and do the track editor, create your own track. I haven't played too much around with it, but it seems pretty cool. You know, if you were really into the sport and followed it, you could, you know, take your best bits from various tracks and create a, like a Frankenstein track, and that'd be quite cool. Uh, uh, what else is there? These, uh, yeah, you can do a custom, a custom career mode, a custom tournament, picking your best races from the East Coast, West Coast, smushing them together and creating your own event. That's pretty cool. There's online, and it would all be great, but there are issues. Um, one of the main issues is the game is jittery as hell. Um, so you're, you're racing as I think it's 20 people in a race, 20 or 30. Uh, yeah, I think it's 20 people in a race. And, you know, so you all line up in, everyone lines up and then the race starts. And uh, you do what they call the whole shot. So I'm not too sure if you're, if you're uh, familiar with the racing, the, the sport at all, no. but when they they line up and they're all in a big line and they go three, two, one, the gates open and everyone shoots off. And what they're doing is they're trying to be the first car, uh, sorry, first bike to go around the corner and get to a certain point that's away from the finish line. It's normally the first jump or so. And that's called the whole shot. If you get the whole shot, you get extra points. Uh, you know, um, in real life, in the sport, the the person that wins the whole shot normally gets some money and some sponsor puts up something. You know, you win an envelope presented by a, a, a woman in a bikini. Uh, although, yeah, no, I was going to make a bad joke there, but I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> but yes. Uh... not a place for him, Mike. We don't do bad jokes um, Yes, I know. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's all fine. But you've got all these races, and they come around the corner for the whole shot, and the physics are knackered because all the car, all the bikes just bump into each other and stop. <laughs> it's like and, playing online. Yeah, I, you know everything. Everyone just like sticks together, and then you glitch through. You, you know, if you keep your finger down on the, the accelerator or the throttle, you eventually 
everyone kind of glitches through and the, the, the space opens up again. Um, the same thing happens when you're doing jumps. So, you know, there's five or six of you lining up for the same jump. You all hit the jump. And because everyone does different weight distribution on the bike, everyone's at different heights and everything. And then you will have a, a bike land and because he's right behind you and as he comes closer, he's going to be right on top of you. He doesn't come, you know, to the left or right of you. No, no, no. He lands on your head. But <laughs> now all of a sudden you've got, your character is like made of stone. It's like a statue because he just bounces straight off your head and then onto the track. It's, yeah, it's like they've made the game and they haven't thought, well, what happens when too many, you know, there's no collision protection or there's no, nothing has been made to actually move the bikes out the way or how do we deal with it? Do we do we get the, the bikes, uh, if everyone's too close, do we get them to ghost? Um, and it just looks very bizarre. Mm, it's so um, yeah, it, it's weird. There's, there's a whole presentation every time you start and... Uh, They've got a, you know, the real life commentator for the AMA Supercross series. Um, and it's, hey, everyone, welcome to the race, blah, 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 blah. Here we are in Anaheim, blah, blah, blah. And there's a little presentation. Then um, your rider gets unveiled. It's a bit like a, a WWE <laughs> thing, you know, the curtain. No, honestly, Is it like the curtain opens your guys on. Yes, yeah. The curtain opens, there's a little pyro, and your guy's on the bike and he waves. And, oh, wow, he looks like he's the favorite for this race. Let's see how he does. And then it cuts to the starting lineup. And you push the button to skip the scene, and it goes all blurry. The whole screen goes blurry. It looks like a ZX ZX81 Spectrum. It just... And then, yeah, then all of a sudden, you know, you have to choose your starting point, and you choose your starting point, and then that sometimes glitches. And it, 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 yeah, it's like a little blip. It's it's a graphical blip, and then it clicks over and it gets into the race. It's weird. Um, it's just, just very I strange. I wasn't really interested in this game before, but it sounds pretty good to me. But then, uh, so the bikes uh, look quite good. The the rider on the bike is fine. But they've got these little scenes afterwards that they've got podium, the you know, the podium yeah. and, uh, you know, first, second and third. And the character models, oh, my God, they're ho- they are <laughs> absolutely <laughs> fucking horrible. Oh, man, they, they look like, um, can you remember the, the WRC game that Milestone made for the PlayStation Vita? Yeah. Oh, a good number. Of years. Remember I think that how was bad the one the... I played the most. Yes. Remember the bad the 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 character models yeah. when they were outside the drive outside yeah, the car. Very... How bad they were. Yeah. They're exactly the same. They okay? probably actually are just the same models. Yeah, but it's weird though because the the guy on the bike, the character model on the bike, is different from the guy that's like receiving the trophy. Yeah. The weirdest thing is there's um the menus. So you know um choose go to career and go to do this do that and they've got a character it's your character that you've created on the bike that you have and he's standing there and he looks fucking terrible as well and it's like 
really don't understand it. It's so Weird. the gameplay is there. <laughs> it is that I've been having a lot of fun with that, but you need to get over the fact that this game sometimes performs badly. Um, there's certain parts of it that look absolutely fucking horrible. The dirt tracks have the dirt on the track has been improved since the last one that I played was uh, MXGP two, mm-hmm. um, so it looks a little bit better. Um, the stadiums the stadiums all look rather generic. I think it might be a hard thing to do, but they don't look. You know the the outside you know above the track and beyond so the the stadiums they don't look that good it's yeah. it's a weird game i'm i am enjoying the little bits that i played so i i've uh, finished one of the um one of the tournaments which was nine races long i've done i'm six races into the next one i've done a little bit of customization playing around the different modes and things and the races themselves are very enjoyable mm-hmm. Is it forty pounds worth enjoyable though? <laughs> it that... sounds like it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, and you know, that's the kind of thing that I'm I, I'm wrestling with and struggling with is that I don't know whether that I could wholeheartedly say to somebody, you know, if if you had your forty pound for the month or your fifty pound for the month, and you said to me, Mike, I can only get one game, and I can get you know something else or i can get this you know the this monster energy supercross official video game what one can i get and i don't know whether i could you know tell you to spend your allowance your full allowance on that um and it's a pity because like i said the racing i'm i am enjoying it but there is it's not a full price game not yet mm-hmm um, you know, so if if you were giving a like a, a review score, you know, you'd probably be sitting. It'd be one of those that's probably sits around about a six or a seven or so. Yeah, the kind um, of middling. Yeah, it is. It is very middling. Um, and it, it's yeah, it's it's a pity. Uh, but I will play more of it, and you know, we'll we'll probably talk about it again at one point as well. Yeah. But yeah, so that's a. Uh, Monster. I'm going to say it again because I fucking it's can't remember really it myself. Name. <laughs> Mon- Monster Energy Supercross, the official game. You think it sounds like you know, maybe you're hunting monsters? But, I, you know, I legit thought it was like an action game. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was um, going to be a free um, game, like how Doritos did those free games on the 360. Oh God, right, yeah. Um, it, it didn't occur to me as it was Monster Energy Supercross. Yes, yeah. No, I was, I was reading like, yeah, you know, Monster Energy Supercross. I was like, this it sounds like some really bizarre, <laughs> like Japanese, yeah, yeah, B tier Japanese, yeah. like, like it sounded like, like Earth Wars to me. I was like, okay. You see, <laughs> you see Mike imported uh, Monster Hunter Double Cross for the Switch, and he translated it wrong when he put it into this Google Doc. Yeah, so so by the time the time you're listening to this, this game would have just come out. So there you go. That that's what we think of it so far. But... Maybe don't mind. I mean, so, <laughs> um, so it's coming like up. 
So it sounds like it's kind of like it's good if you're into Supercross, but it's yes. a hard sell. I suppose it'd be a hard sell either, but would you still recommend it to people that are really into Supercross? Like, uh... I don't think I would have to. I think they'd probably already buy it. Fair enough. This is the game we have. Yeah, I yeah, I'm not being I'm I'm not being facetious and I'm not trying to, you know, pull down the milestone for it, but they have done the the MXGP games. They've Mm. done three of those fucking things. And they're they're just as you know, they've got the exact same flaws as what this has. So there is a market. You know, yeah. and they've they've been they've been doing these racing games for how long now? I think if you go back, uh, since 1998, I think was their first racing game, and you know they did predominantly the bike games. Then they got the WRC license, so they've been they've been doing these games for like 19 years, <laughs> and okay. pe- people buy them. So. so that- so essentially, this is like the Supercross equivalent of like the WWE games at this point. Like you know, yes. you know that these games are janky and flawed. But if you're into it, you know what you're getting into. Yes, yes, yeah. fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, but like I said, I'm happy for them to keep making them. I'll keep playing them um, because at one point, you know, they're going to make the grand, the grand turismo of Supercross games because. Well, <laughs> Look at what look at what happened with Raid. Yeah, but Raid very much was trying to be the yeah the Grand Turismo I, of yeah you know, and you know and Raid Two was a was a storming game. And Valentino Rossi was Valentino Rossi was a good game as well. Well, my mate loves Raid Two. Like every time I see him online, it's just Raid Two, and that's been like. <laughs> That's been like since it's come out, but he's like a real bike enthusiast, so it's just like that's cool. He's he's got Ride Two, Battlefront, and COD. No, uh, no GTA. That's it. All those motorbike games. Yeah, you know he's a motorbike enthusiast. <laughs> Battlefront. He's got, got the speeders. They're they're like yeah. motorbikes. <laughs> he's not much help. He's not much help in in, in any mode, but he likes whizzing around. This is good. It's like I'm waiting for Rad Two to come out. <laughs> so, so I think that's that's for video games. We've got a few board games to talk about. Sure do. Yes, yeah. So running long. I know, I know. I'm, I'm actually, I'm taking one of them off the list because we're. we're we're going to try and play it on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, nice. So that was a, a game that's just come out as well called Dinosaur Island, um, which is a really cool looking game. I've played it before. Obviously, that's why we're going to talk about it. But we'll. Uh, I think it, I think it might be better if we do it on the next the, the next, next podcast the next, by the time the we've all played podcasts, it. Then. The next couple of podcasts are going to be pretty board game heavy. I think more so than video. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about um, the one of the fast forward games, which is Fortress? Yeah. Um, so, the fast forward games are a series of three games by uh-huh. Friedman Fries, mm-hmm. uh, and they are part of his Fable series. Uh, also, the fast forward line, and their names <laughs> are Fear, Fortress, and Flee. Yes, because he likes the letter F. And also, all the boxes are green because he likes the color green. 
Yes, yes. Um, so the, the Friedman Fries's company is uh, a German company, and it's called 2F Spieler. Yeah. Double F Games. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the idea behind these like fast-forward games is that they don't have instruction manuals. They're yes. a box that has a deck of cards in them, and the deck of cards teaches you how to play as you go, and as you play it multiple times, it'll introduce new cards and new rules and build up the game to kind of work as a tutorial and kind of work kind of like the legacy systems and things like Pandemic Legacy and stuff like that. Whereas, <laughs> you know, introducing new mechanics and new you know stuff to make, keep the game fresh. Uh, Fortress is a really good one of those that I've played. It's only one of these three that I've played so far. Um, but the basic kind of mechanic behind it is there's a fortress and a bunch of cards with numbers on them and everyone takes turns drawing cards or playing cards to attack a fortress when you attack a fortress you can play any number of cards from your hand that are the same number and there's a little table at the bottom of each card that kind of shows what the multiplier is so if you play two or twos you might get you know 20 as a, a takeaway from it because it's not just actually two it's not just multiplying the number by itself; it's some weird arbitrary thing. Yeah, um, it's the you take the num. It's the the number multiplied by itself, then multiplied by the number of cards. So in that case, it oh, would be it? two okay. two by two, then by two cards. Damn, so it'd be four, but so it'd give you eight. Yeah. So yeah. the yeah, so you do that, and that gives you a a point value, and you attack a fortress with that. If there's no one at the fortress, that means you just automatically win. You put your cards that you're attacking with face down uh, in front of the fortress to basically say, this is mine. I'm holding this yep. fortress. Yes. Then other players can attack that fortress, but they don't know what cards are there. So when they attack, they pass the cards they're attacking with to you, and you look at them and say, yep, these numbers match. Or, eh, sorry, these numbers are bigger than mine, so you get to take the fortress, and then they also get one of your defender cards. You take yes. the other one back into your hand, uh, or multiple, depending how many there is. Yeah, and that's, that's just it. the way it starts. That's the basic mechanics for the first game that you play. That's all the rules that will be there. Whoever has the fortress when the game ends wins, and the game ends at a set time because there's three hourglass cards scattered throughout the deck, which the first time you play are in set positions. So after a certain number of turns. Third art will also come out, and that means the game ends. Whoever has the fortress wins, mm-hmm. and it's really simple and really good. And it ends up with a bit of bluffing because you're trying to basically not get people to not attack you. Because you're like, now nah, I've got you know, I've got four fours there defending that fortress when you've got nowhere near that. And yeah, people are sitting you know scrambling. Not, um, and that first game less so because there's not much to lose really you know you're just going to attack with all your cards anyway whenever you can because why not Um, and that's the thing also sometimes you will just attack with arbitrary cards just because you'll get a bit of a feel for roughly what the point value is that's there Um, but as you go and I don't really want to spoil it much because part of the fun of this game is you know learning the new mechanics and seeing what it throws at you but something I'll give away is that it adds more fortresses is the obvious thing that they would do yeah, uh, and the rules slightly change to you know whoever has the most fortresses at the end wins. Yes, and that is the bit where bluffing starts to really come into it because it's like oh, you don't want to attack my fortress. I've got two eights defending that. 
you know, I'm pretty sure Mike's only got a four in front of his fortress. You should probably attack that one. That's that's probably way easier. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of that kind of bluffing to try and get people to attack different things, or even just like if you know they attack yours and they're only like one off, just be like, no, you're not even close. You know, sorry, man. It's, it's just you know that little bit of kind of trying to. Yeah. You know, although, your although, although when when they attack you and they're unsuccessful, you have to show them what's underneath the fortress. Do you show them when they're unsuccessful? I thought it was only when they're successful. Uh, no, you show them when they're uns. I don't know. No, you show them. You show them when they're unsuccessful. Okay, well we've not been yes. doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but, but still, but still, it means that um, because if you've shown me, and you've been saying yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not even close. I can I can call your I can either call your bluff and say or nice, just confirm but... it and just be like, uh, no, yeah, you're right. I'm not wasn't even close, even though you exactly, right. yes, yeah. yeah, and and you build this up, um, yeah, because we found that as well, you know, and nobody at the end we just found it safer not to trust anyone. Yeah, that's so how we it would, goes. Yeah, <laughs> so you end anyone. up trying, you, you know, it's a, a mad scramble for people to take the um, fortresses. And you're watching what they're doing, and you're watching their faces, and it is—it's a—it is a form of poker. We found, yeah, you know, because you're looking for tails and you're looking for the poker faces and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, so it takes—it's about they, they say between ten and fifteen games to empty the entire deck and go through all the rules and everything. Yeah. So we've done about seven so far. Uh, because right, it's really okay. short as well. You can get through games really quickly. Yes. Uh, so we've played we played like five over lunchtime at work the first time, and then another couple the other day. All right. Um, okay. And the one thing we did do is we kind of you know cheated a little bit because it's supposed to be like whenever a game ends, you add five cards from the the play deck into the or yes. from the the overall deck into the play deck. Yeah. And we had a game where. It doesn't specify to start with at least like tie conditions or anything like that. Like what happens if you get to the end of the game? They say like if if there's you know multiple fortresses and there's a tie from that, then whoever has the lowest value fortress wins. But yes. There's never anything. There's no rule that says what happens if no one has a fortress, which isn't something that really comes up very often. But it does yes, when you yeah. shuffle the deck wrong and three hourglasses come up in the first couple <laughs> yes, of rounds. Yes, yeah. And we're like, okay, to I don't us know. As well. So we're like, okay, we'll just, you know, we'll call it a mulligan and we'll just do it again because there's no point uh-huh. in adding five new cards to this when we haven't seen the last five that got added. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking forward to playing the rest of it and then playing these other two games as well. Um, cool. Yeah, it's a fun game. I, I like what they've been adding so far and we're going to play yeah. through it to the end. So we, we played through the whole thing in one sitting. Oh, really? Jeez. Yeah, and it took us... Uh, probably about an hour and 20 minutes yeah we played it with four cool. with four players yeah um, we played with four as well yep yeah, uh, brilliant Re- you know really enjoyed it um and yeah just uh, everything you said it's yeah. it is really cool just the entire system the way that he's built it so we also played through fear so Anne and myself played through fear. We just played that two player. Now that plays two to five players mm-hmm. and it's a different game from fortress because this one is a hand management game. So the, the rules of the, 
and again trying not to give anything away too or too much away but uh the game starts and it says you turn over a card and it says um you can either draw or play a card and that's it that's all Mm -hmm. it says you go okay so you draw a card and you find out (laughs) kind of yeah um and the cards have got numbers on them um you know, but they're not like the fortress cards. They're not, you know, there's no table of multiplications or anything. They've just got numbers on them. You can have a two or a three or a four or, or a one. And so you draw a card and then Andrew a card, then I drew a card and she drew a card. Then another rule came out and it says uh, you can only have a limit of three cards in your hand and you have to play a card down. And Anytime you play a card in the center of the table, you, everyone has to be able to see what the cards are. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, once you play a card, so let's say there's, Kieran, you play a two in the table, uh, Nathan pay, plays a three. Um, when he plays a three, he says the total is now five. He, you know, he just adds everything up and says it's five. I play a two and I say seven. And you would go around and play like that. So you can either draw a card or play a card. And the last thing I'll tell you about it, and then I won't give away anything else, is that the game ends when somebody goes over the number 15. So you're trying to get somebody to bust the pile at 15. Mm -hmm. So you can play, you know, we can play between us, and I can play a card that's at 15. Um, So that means, essentially, that you could play next, Kieran, if you... If you've got three cards in your hand, you have to play a card. Yeah. So you're going to bust it, and then you're going to you're going to lose the game. Hmm. If that happens, then uh, because we didn't play it uh, three player, I'm not hundred percent sure what happens. But everyone left adds adds up the value of their cards in their hand, and I think the person with the lowest value wins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's it. The same thing as Fortress. As you work through the deck, um, more and more cards come out. And they, they add rules and they add different cards. Different cards have special powers and all sorts of things happen. And again, a really, really enjoyable game. But the thing with fear, and it's not really a spoiler, um, is that fear once you've <laughs> finished it, once you get through to the final one, you end up with this game. It, mm-hmm. It's a fully fledged game that you can just put it back in the box and pull it back out, and you know you've got this game that you can play. That's cool. Um, or uh, if you don't want to do that, you can do what we did, which um, because we knew we were going to be taking it to a game night, and we let somebody else play it. You can reset it because yeah. every single card has a number in the center of when you turn the cards over, they have a number. And you just put them back in in numbered order because um, it, it consists of ninety cards. So you order them from one to ninety, put them back in, and that's it. The thing's reset. It's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, uh, I like that about this whole system in general because yeah, for yes. the same way, and I assume flees the same way. Where, yes, you know when you have it's really cool that you have things like you know pandemic pandemic legacy where it's like oh you you know tear up this card at the end of the turn put these stickers on it so it's permanent but this one is just like eh, if you got a different group of people then you can just revert it all back to start yeah um so i and fear i 
I think works either way. You know, um, we'll I'll play it with Anne again. We'll probably you know work through the system again, uh, or you know we can just uh, you know go through the packs, look for what we need because we know what we need. You know, because we've played it once before. Just look for the cards that we need and then set it up and play play that way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really it is really cool. I am really glad that I. I picked these up. There were games that I don't think I spoke too much about them on the podcast, but they were one of my most anticipated games of the year. Um, and it just pissed me off. It took us so long. They were meant to come out in in the UK around about November. Or, uh, first it was November, then it was going to be December, then it yeah. was late December. And the games still haven't actually officially landed in the country. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm really glad i've got them and they are really good so you should you know anyone that is thinking about them um definitely pick them up they're they're going for i think even right now you can probably pick them up for around about 18 pound a game or so mm-hmm. yeah they're, um, not, they're and, not super expensive no um and definitely just pick them all up and <laughs> play through them if you don't like them, you will be able to shift them on as well. They uh, they are quite popular and people are looking to buy them. So, you know, the second-hand market, you would be able to shift them on that way. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I only want to talk about one more game. Um, there is another big one that I played, but we can talk about that later. But the other one that I wanted to talk about was, it was I got it for a Christmas present from Paul. And that's a game called Spyfall. Oh, yeah. So Spyfall is a, it's a hidden role game. It's quite cool. And the, the entire contents of Spyfall are made up of packs of eight cards. And each pack has a location. So one of them might be circus. The other one might be a casino. Uh, one might be a submarine. One might be a barracks and one might be a hospital. And Seven of the cards are identical. Uh, not identical. They all share the, the same location. Um, and one of them is a spy. So what you do is you take the number of cards that you need for how many people you're playing, up to eight players, and you shuffle them up and so that one person is going to be the spy and everyone else knows where they are. Uh, so everyone looks at their card and then the game begins. And how you play the game is... On your turn, you can ask anyone of your choice, you can ask them a question to try and see if they know the answer to where they are. But you can't say, or or you wouldn't say, if you were in the casino, you wouldn't say, oh man, are you going to go to the the blackjack table? Because then the spy knows where you are. So the object is that you are trying to figure out who the spy is, and the the spy is trying to figure out where you are. But then and you, may, t- you may ask that question if you're not a casino. Yes, Try yes. Trick them. Yeah, because on every card, um, so when you're given a card, you're also given a role that's, um, you know, it's fitting with the, the setting that you're in. So, for example, we were at an army barracks and I was the sentry. Um somebody else was the commanding officer. So it allows you to kind of do a little bit of role playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it helps you in asking these obscure questions. 
Yeah. Um, you know, so for example, if you were in the in the casino, um, yeah. Well, everyone knows where everything is. So if you were in, I don't know. Let's say you were in the hospital and you were the chef. Um, you might say, um, "Do you want? Would you like some more chips?" And the spy thinks chips casino. You know, you're trying to be as vague as possible. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes you're asking questions like, "What are you wearing?" And, <laughs> um, or, uh, you know, "What's the food like here?" Or kind of things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it sounds quite awkward, but in practice, it's actually a hell of a lot of fun. Um, because sometimes uh, you know you'll start making uh, silly puns. Um, so we were in a submarine and uh, we're playing. A friend of the show Tony was with us and he was playing. And he said, "Is it just me? Is there a lot of tubes in here?" And, <laughs> and uh, everyone burst out laughing except the spy. I was like, "Yeah, we've got you." Um, so the you know things like that, and it is it's a lot of fun. The game takes, or each round every time you want to play takes eight minutes, um, and yeah, hell of a lot of fun. So, uh, Kieran, I definitely think it's one for you yeah, because it you, like you like. yeah you like these hidden role yeah. games and the, the kind of lighter games. It sounds kind of like um, fake artist. Yeah. Yes, it like, is. Exactly yeah. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, like the exact same thing where one person doesn't know what you're drawing. And everyone else yes. is drawing, but trying to draw vague enough that the person that doesn't know the yes. drawing can't figure it out. Same yeah. thing, but try figure out a location and ask questions. Yeah. So um, in the mi- I love that in game, the so. yeah, in the middle of the table, there's the the center of the rule book, and the, it has a uh, like a, a spread of all the locations, you know, so that yeah, the spy, so yeah, so he can he can kind of deduce, yeah. And what we did, um, it was I was watching a a YouTube video on how to play it and what the guys did, and I thought was very good. And you should try it if you're going to play it yourself. Is, a, you know, you deal out the cards. Everyone looks at the roll, and then you say, right, for a couple of minutes, everyone stare at the picture. You know, everyone look at the picture and study all the different locations and things. Mm-hmm. So it allows the the spy to kind of see what's out there he knows what cards have already been played in previous rounds so he's got a little bit of what he's listening for yeah um which we thought was quite cool and then after every time somebody answered a question we made it a habit of just you know everyone just pick up the book out of habit and have a look at the p so you're not because if you if everyone just sits there and the minute the spy makes a motion to the book ah he's the spy <laughs> And it just ruins the game. Yeah, it's as like well, oh, but... Mike's a spy because he's sitting staring at the book, looking. Yes, at the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really cool. So, um, want to bring that to one of our next uh, big game days that we do as well with a lot of people. Yeah, and um, it I've plays got, really well. I've got like three hidden role games here that I need to get played at some point. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've. Uh, I, they just seem to be my kryptonite at the moment. I just seem to be getting more of them. I picked yeah. up secrets and a spy fall, and um, I really like. But them. They... I just never actually played them. So for that red <laughs> scare one, that I've been wanting to play for a bit. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But cool. So that is it for board games. Do we have anything? Does anyone want to cover anything in news? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
The only We're running thing I so to... long. I know, I know. The only thing I wanted to cover in news was uh, we were talking about racing games and things that are coming out, and I wanted to mention that uh, Kyloton, so we spoke about them because they've got the new WRC games. They are doing the the Isle of Man, the TT Isle of Man game, and I think it's, is it Racing on the Edge or uh, Race on the Edge? And it's a, faith, a fatal recreation of the Isle of Man, the 38-kilometer um road race on the bikes um and that's coming out in march and i'm really looking forward to that they've just put out some new footage of it and it looks quite impressive it's uh it looks like they're using the same engine they use for wrc so that should be a good one to look out for that's cool another short piece of news um vampire is the vampire vampires got an actual release date now all right uh June fifth. Um, I want that game. I do. I do want that game as well. Did um, you see the special edition console that they're doing for it? I think no, it's I didn't. Like super limited. I think they actually made like one. It's an Xbox One <laughs> that's like shaped like a like an old fashioned kind of trunk. It's like a big like wooden box <laughs> thing that has an Xbox One underneath it. And then it opens up like a full trunk and has like a wooden stake in it and a Xbox One controller. <laughs> it's really fucking stupid. I can tell I'm tired because I just wrote Vampire Xbox One and was surprised when I didn't get the fucking... <laughs> I'm trying to find what you're talking about. It's special. Ah, well. <laughs> yeah, but... Cool. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to go through the the new releases. But uh, is anyone going to be buying Bayonetta two next next week, or by the time you? Yeah, by the time you're listening to this, uh, it should already be out. I was. Uh, oh, I was literally just reading, and they said it's got better performance than the Wii U. So I was like, oh, I might have to dip in. I know. I well, I already have the. I've got the Wii U uh, double pack. And uh, I'm seeing that the, on Amazon for 40 quid, if you buy the physical game version of Bayonetta 2, it comes with a download code for the first one. Does it? Yeah. That's yeah, cool. yes. they all do. I don't know. It's, cool. it's all, all of them do by default, I think. Mm. Yes, yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah, because otherwise it will cost you £40 plus 25 uh, mm. if you buy them digitally. Uh, it's It's not. Once you buy one of them, it automatically applies a discount to the other one. It's the, same oh, really? thing. it's the same thing as they did with um, Resident Evil Revelations and Revelations 2. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, once you buy one, the other one's like half price or something like that. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. No, I think well, I'll, I'll go for this. But yeah, it's a bunch of... Right, I think um, I might go for the, 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 the physical version then. Yeah, I'm waiting for... Um, I think we didn't cover because we kind of skipped most of the news, but um, starting from next month, gold coins that you have on your my nintendo account will be you'll be able to use them as money on the eShop. yes so every gold coin is a penny which is a really shitty fucking conversion ratio but i've got yes. a lot of goddamn switch games so i've got like 12 <laughs> quid worth of coins in there so i'm gonna buy bayonetta 2 with 12 pounds off in march oh, wow. when that starts well you probably find that that you know if you take that 12 quid off that's probably what they'll charge you for yeah for the first one for the first one so you're probably going to be 40 quid in anyway yeah exactly so that's fine but i would like to have them digitally so yeah cool so i think is there anything else uh 
There probably is, but no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, this is going to be like a super long one. So yeah, this is one of the longest think... podcasts we've done even, in a while, even yeah. including our Game of the Year ones. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you uh, want to complain at us for doing too long podcasts, you can send us an email. Yeah, if you made it this to... Yes, yeah. So, but anyway, send us an email to podcast at glitchfreegaming.com. If you want, you can find us on Twitter at glitchfreegame on Facebook. If you search for glitchfreegaming, you'll find us on there. Or you can simply go to the website at www.glitchfreegaming.com. Uh, we have quite a few articles and things going up there all the time now we are we're getting ready we're going to go to uh uk games expo in june um so we're busy uh, uh, uh use your big boy words mike use <laughs> preparing a, a website <laughs> trip down there um so myself and ben are going to go down there and check it out that'd be quite cool uh but yeah there is uh, there's some board game stuff going up there ben's got a couple of things coming up there and we have got some of the regular writers doing some reviews for us so feel free to go there and check out some cool reviews and also nathan thanks very much for coming on and talking shit with us again very welcome talking shit's what i do well <laughs> that's what we all do well so <laughs> well that's what we do at least Oh, but, um, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. We do it a lot. I don't know about well. For me, at least, it's definitely a quantity over quality. <laughs> so on that note, I think uh, that's it. Thank you very much, guys, and we will speak to you all again soon. So see you later. See you. <laughs>